Did you like this movie? I kind of like this movie. Uh, no. I did not. No, no I did not. Like no, it. no, oh, and fun. double no. No. In fact, I saw it once, and all I remember is rage. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as sometimes by Jeremy Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) I was vomiting. It was not fun. (laughs) <laughs> uh and uh from music video sends barrett share yeah. hi everyone <laughs> i'm always here i'm double barreling here right now <laughs> giving you the old bum 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 i only said it because it was funny yeah. it was funny that's right and that's why i can forgive it mm-hmm. that's right um we are going to continue our road trip today ah road trip on the road again the most time-honored tradition of all the road trip oh the places you'll go are we there yet no are we there yet no are we there yet no we're going to delaware and florida delaware that's right Ah. finally here you know frank from twitter is just freaking out right now because i believe he lives in delaware Mm -hmm. i believe he's actually one of the only 10 people that live in delaware oh yeah that's right (laughs) and one of the uh, lucky few yeah, I always joke about other New England states that he lives in because they all run together for me. Mm-hmm. Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire, Delaware. Well, that was what's funny. We when he when we did the uh, the convention here in Nashville, uh, he said something like, it, it, "It'd be great if you guys came up to where I lived." And I thought he I thought he lived in Rhode Island. Oh yeah. So I was like, "We were in Rhode Island." Yeah. Like he was an asshole. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, he's and he's thought about it for a second. He's like. You know, I live in Delaware, right? <laughs> it's not as close to Rhode Island as you think it is. Yeah, I, I said I did not. Um, but uh, yeah, Delaware does not have a lot. No. It has maybe more than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's go over the ones that Wikipedia normally says, and then we'll go. I got, I got a few more after that, I guess. Ooh. I think the most Delaware famous moment is in Wayne's world. Has yeah. To be. Has to be. Um, because they're making of, the joke. And, and, and none of this is filmed in Delaware. <laughs> it's not filmed well, in, it's not set the in the Delaware. In the, in the background. Yeah, but we just want to, we just want to put that right off the bat. I don't want anybody coming up and saying, well, you know, Wayne's world was actually shot in Toronto or some shit. Okay. Yeah, we get it. Toronto. <laughs> but it's that great bit where uh, they're doing, uh, I guess an advertisement uh, for their uh, the Noah's Arcade or something like mm-hmm. that, and uh, they're like, "Oh, you can take a trip." And the <laughs> green screen comes back and is like, "To Delaware," and they're like mimicking walking through. And he's like, "Hi, I'm in Delaware." <laughs> yeah, because yeah, <laughs> literally it. Because yeah, because they have a couple of states other than that where it's like I don't remember. Is it Texas? It's like, "Hey, any partner?" Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Garthling, they get through all, and then they get to Delaware and it's like, and it's like a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah. he's like oh we could go to delaware hey 
I'm in Delaware. Um, I think Delaware is now more famous for being in Wayne mentioned in Wayne's World than it was for anything prior to Wayne's World coming out. Yeah, I agree. That's probably true, and probably still. Yeah. Um. Uh. One of the big cult classics from the '90s, Empire Records. Yeah. Who would have uh, guessed? Yeah. Delaware. Yeah. Would even have a record store. <laughs> right. I guess it's a one. Gonna, I'm just going to be making different versions of that same joke all goddamn day. Uh, I love me some Empire yeah, Records. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is like a lot of people that you'll recognize mm-hmm. uh, before they were like recognizable. Mm-hmm. Right. You got Liv Tyler in here. You got um. I just blanked on everybody. <laughs> you else. got Rory Cochran. You got Anthony Lepaglia. Anthony Lepaglia is who I was yeah. trying to think of. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger, really young Renee Zellweger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Lepaglia plays a lot older than he actually was. Like he was a, and I guess it's just relative to the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, in my mind, when I watched that in 1995, it looked like he was ancient. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Paul Rudd in Clueless. He, it, he looked like he was much older, uh, even though he was like just a couple of years. Yeah, I feel like that happens with everybody, though. Like you, you go back and you start watching a movie that you saw when you were 17 or whatever, and you're like, man, that person was old as fuck, and they're like 27. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah empire records uh is a movie we've discussed it a few times but it's it's a real fun oh yeah uh it's a it's a real fun movie i mean 90s is shit but uh i just i mean it's got that i guess clerks vibe with more people in Mm -hmm. it or whatever um but uh just a fun movie yeah Yeah. and it's set in one day Mm mm-hmm um just kind of like a day in the life of these teens who work at a record store uh it's just it's a harmless fun good time it's essentially a relic now uh because it takes place at a at a store that they don't really exist anymore Mm. uh but record store culture was always fascinating to me same thing in high fidelity where like it it breeds a certain community among the people who work there and the people that come in especially ones like the regulars where you get turned on to new stuff and that stuff doesn't happen anymore, well and you know? I, I, I compare it to video stores it's the same kind of yeah, thing yeah. video stores uh, a lot of the obscure movies that i've seen in my life i only saw because i was wandering down some weird aisle in the video store and saw oh ben affleck was in some movie before <laughs> school ties yeah. i'll check that out um <clears throat> and you don't get that anymore and it's, it's it, you can't recreate it online no and especially the community like you'll you'll hear something like in a record store you'll hear something over the the last week and be like in like the the high fidelity thing like mm-hmm. who is this the beta band that kind of thing uh, where like you get turned on to say oh here you go this is this is what you need to be listening that's to. that's how I discovered Keen oh yeah mm-hmm. the band Keen I was at Tower Records and I was already a fan of shit why does it always rain on me that's the name of the song why does it always rain on me. Is Even that the Keen? The sun is shining. No, it's not Keen. It's another band that sounds like Radiohead. Well, like oh, well, there's like a bunch of bands that were in that Keen era, like Snow Patrol, and mm. there was uh, was it Travis and was, Travis. That's yeah, the one. Okay. I'm th- so mm. I was already a Travis fan. They were playing them on Lightning 100, and I'm 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 just shopping at Tower Records, and they started playing this Keen album. Mm-hmm. And three songs in, I was like, I've loved all three of these songs. Yeah. And I walk up to the counter and bought that album and went home. I you love. Don't, those you don't moments. get that anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And you can't go to Google and say, play me a song I've never heard. Yeah, well, apparently the HomePod, you can say, play me something yeah. I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll do it. Uh, really? That's what happens in that, that FKA Twigs ad that I was talking about that Spike Jones drew. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I that'd don't. be an interesting uh, double uh, feature uh, to watch one day, Empire Records and High Fidelity. I have done it You've multiple times. I bet times. it makes <laughs> sense. I, I, bet it, I bet it works. It does. It's are there awesome. any other movies that are sort of that sort of focus on the record store culture like that? 
not exclusively, I don't think. I mean, there may be something that's that's fairly obscure, but those two in particular are like the the touchstones because and high fidelity was came out in 2000 so it's really that bridge between you know the old school and the new school mm-hmm. and then empire records is just more about the community and the interactions there's no school like the old school <laughs> you um, sound like an old timey miner i think or i'm quoting the the guys and that's the incredibles right what was the quote that's no school like the old school. That's oh. like two bystanders watching. Oh, it might at be. At the end when the superheroes are back saving the day. They're yeah. doing it old school. I, I think that's incredible. It might be. Uh, then there's also Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, now, was that, is it just shot there? Was it partially shot there? It was, it was shot there and it apparently takes place there. Um, any, anytime I've, I've looked for, where does Fight Club take place? Mm-hmm. It's a town in Delaware. Now, yeah. if I had asked you before you, before I saw that and before you saw that, if I had asked you where does Fight Club take place? Detroit. It could be Detroit. It could be Providence. It could be like any number of cities. It's that mm-hmm. house that they live in that always made me think Detroit because Detroit's yeah. the only city I've ever been to where you could, probably could find a house to squat in <laughs> miles from any other human <laughs> right. being, but still buildings everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've always, uh, but, and again, I refuse to believe there's a city in Delaware big enough to stand in for that last scene with all the big high-rise buildings. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't think know if I have it on is. good authority. Delaware has one skyscraper, and it's only 30 stories tall. Ah. Mm. I'm making that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you all, I felt guilty when you looked like you actually believed me. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess there, there's nothing in there that screams out Delaware vibe. No. Well, isn't this one of those movies like Seven that sort of is trying to be every town or yeah, any town? I think so. I think they're going out of their way to make right. it feel like it could be any city. Yeah, uh, they're not trying to make it. Now, if, if you read the book, maybe it's overt. Right? No, it's not. I am Jack's Delaware <laughs> voter registration card. <laughs> oh, that's a way to to check. Actually, the uh, the time that he takes his wallet and looks at his uh, ID. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it'll tell us Maybe. if it's Delaware. I don't Maybe know. That does. guy might just have an out of state ID. Knowing oh, knowing true. Fincher, though, like I mean, he got a guy to actually write all those John Doe diaries in seven. So he <laughs> yeah, may, true. He may have a different kind of ID in in that. Like that just says, you know, you know who he got to write all those. It was Daniel Day Lewis. It probably was. <laughs> in his but, spare his, time. but his ID probably says Flora Bama Sippy or something. It was according to USA Today, 15 oh. years ago after the fight fight club, uh, it was set in Wilmington, Delaware. OK. Yes. All right. Wilmington, um, Delaware. Sometimes it's a dildo. Or <laughs> make sure that we don't say your dildo. Um, <laughs> the dildo. <laughs> the dildo. Um, also, uh, a movie that I really like that I d- don't think a lot of people got to see when it was out. Uh, it was Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Yeah, I actually really wanted to see that. Which one is this? This is Steve Carell and Kira Knightley. Okay, I have seen this. And uh, and uh, it's I, I am a sucker for those type of movies where it's the last day on the earth and everything like that. Like there's this oncoming cataclysm of some sort that everybody knows about. So everybody just does weird fucking things the whole time. Yep. There's a movie called Last Night, I believe, mm-hmm. that does this. And then there's Melancholia. I was going to say Melancholia. That has that. And I'm a sucker for all of them. I, talk about a trilogy. Now, you want to start with Melancholia. 
and work your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they yeah. get better as you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> melancholia is depressing as fuck. It is. I like it though. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, seeking a friend for the end of the world is 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 really good. I, I always get that for no reason. I always get that confused with safety not guaranteed. Oh yeah. And I think yeah. it's because they both came out around the same time and they both had really high concept mm-hmm. ideas behind. Mm-hmm what was basically just a drama it's a lot of yeah. stuff that takes place in a car in both of them well yeah i suppose yeah, i actually never saw safety not guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I did i actually liked it but i don't know why you give that guy jurassic world all after no <laughs> and, no no and then say let's do star wars yeah. after well i think uh, they learned their lesson i think they did uh but uh but yeah that's a really good movie there's a there's a fun scene in there where Carell and knightley go to like a um one of those chain restaurants like a tgi fridays or something like that and like gillian jacobs is a waitress in there and there's like this point where they're like who cares if you who cares what happens tonight guys you know like uh like you want to you like they're just like you want to have sex with us go ahead you know and like everybody's having like a little like conga line inside the restaurant um uh but uh no that's a that's a fun movie um another one i didn't i don't think i saw this we send it but uh goosebumps Oh. oh man they're making another one are they they are definitely making another one yeah. right now they're filming well you know rl stein is you know it was pretty I, well received wasn't yeah it? i think i think it well maybe like maybe it was lukewarm people people who received it well didn't actually watch it that's my <laughs> that's my theory that movie is offensive is yeah. it really it's bad it's just stupid bad it's just like I mean, I've seen a hundred more clever movies that this is ripping off. Anyway, sorry. Seventy-six percent like- Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, overall. so that is pretty good. Six point three on IMDb. How much money did it make, though? I it guess it made, made enough. One hundred fifty million. You know See, what? Jack Black is sneaky uh, bankable these days. Yeah, no he really kidding, is. Right? Like really is. that. That and Jum- well, I mean, Jum- people didn't go really to see Jumanji because of him, but. Right. I don't know. He's sneaky, like gotten good at what he does. And like he does, he hasn't fallen into that trap of being just like always, I don't know. He does these kids movies really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember much about, it. I didn't see goosebumps. Uh, no. So I don't know what to say about it other than it was shot there. I didn't watch it. I just kind of like went <sighs> through scenes. It was, it was moments where it was almost Pete's dragon all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I went and, and looked outside of Wikipedia and and uh, found uh, a few things. Dead Poet Society was shot in Delaware. Interesting. Um, and uh, and the some some actual private school in Delaware was used, and uh, like even the cave that they're in and all mm-hmm. that. That's all like Delaware landmarks and everything. So of all the movies that I've seen so far, it's probably the best one that I've seen so shot. Good. And yeah, that I've seen shot in Delaware. Or else the puck a liar call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it maybe holds up, by the way, too. It holds up really well. Uh, it's It had been forever since I saw it, and I saw it probably about three or four months ago. And God damn, it's still good. When the mm-hmm. writing is good and the characters are good and it's a period piece, it's mm-hmm. almost always going to play well mm-hmm. because it's it's not going to age the way something contemporary will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw it maybe three or four months ago. Um and I was, yeah, same thing. I was like, wow, this movie's mm-hmm. actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's any part of it that says we're in Delaware or anything, but it's shot there and it's, you know. I would say it does feel New Englandy, though. Oh, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. It, it's you definitely not going to see that in, like, the Midwest or something like right. that. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> Let's just bag uh-huh. on Detroit all day. I also saw that Wedding Crashers was shot there, at least in part. Um, I saw that, too. Yeah, obviously... It's supposed to take place off like Cape Cod or something like mm-hmm. that because they're in Washington. 
but yeah, I saw that part of it was shot there. Yeah. And the <laughs> Bradley Cooper's name is Sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like immediately he's unlikable, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um I saw that Runaway Bride was shot there too. It was like a small town in Delaware that was shot. Is that a shitty movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mhm. This just, okay, first of all, I was watching some shitty movie yesterday, and it ended, and I didn't change the channel, and Runaway Bride came on, mm. and I accidentally watched about <laughs> 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, um, it's not good. It's not worth your time. It's one of those, based on a real story, but when we fictionalize everything. Uh-huh. Partially based on Julia Roberts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I laughed at one moment, almost, and it's. I'm going to tell you the joke, and it's not even a great joke, but it maybe this speaks to how mediocre the whole movie is that when this joke occurred near the end i died laughing because i was maybe that was just that desperate for a laugh <laughs> but when she runs away from the the wedding the, the whole movie is building up to she hops on a fedex truck and it drives away <laughs> and somebody says where is she going and hector elizondo goes i don't know but she'll be there by 9 30 tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not a good movie no. this, is the, this is the movie that i believe the simpsons is making fun of in that one episode where they take the crayon out of homer's brain oh, that's no. stuck in his nose or whatever and he goes to see that movie it's like a packed house watching this richard Gere, julia roberts movie <laughs> and like there's that part where like uh the preacher or whatever is like uh about to say the what the vows or whatever they say the whatever you say at weddings uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> i know you've been to at least mine <laughs> i've been to like 10 weddings i don't know what the fuck these things are called uh Whatever they tell the bride and groom to say. Are those vows? Yes. yes. Well, no. Are the are the things that they say, at, they repeat after? Is those, oh. Are those vows? Yeah, those are vows, too. Those are, those vows are considered too. vows, too? Yeah, till yeah. death do us part. Okay, so, thing. yeah, the vows, then. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, so, like, uh, there's a point where, like, uh, it's, uh, was, will you please present the groom? And it's, like, two grooms. It was like, wait a minute. Two grooms. <laughs> He's like, oh, my medication. And it's like a terrible, terrible comedy that they're making fun of. And, uh, and Homer's, everybody's laughing and everything. And Homer's like, what's so funny? Like, well, that's not funny. And he's like, everybody knows that she's going to end up with Richard Gere in the end. And everybody's like, oh, he's like, he's like, keep it to yourself, Homer, you know? <laughs> um, oh man. <laughs> yeah. So that piece of shit was shot there. Uh, the village was in part filmed, even though it was mostly Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. The village was in, in part filmed in Delaware and the uh the big bridge action scene in mission impossible 3 was shot there oh, okay oh, i've got to remember that now he's like jumping across like like gaps in it and yeah, all yeah. That. you know yeah. for a movie that's so much better than mission impossible 2 mission impossible 3 is really forgettable it's pretty forgettable i don't know man i Except like for that philip seymour hoffman. it's philip seymour hoffman and that's the only everything else i'm just like what happened in that movie i know there was a warehouse there's some kind of killer a pill yeah and I, I mean, it's just in and out. Just, I don't know. I like it. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's really good. It's nowhere near as good as the next two. No, I agree. Um, obviously there are other movies that were shot there and some stuff that I haven't seen. Headcase, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie. 
uh last flag flying i haven't seen that i really want to see that movie that's getting like rave reviews um it's brian cranston steve carell and lawrence fishburne mm. and you, you, oh this is uh just recent from last year but it's like somebody directed it that shouldn't that never directs movies like this it's not um, michael bay but it's somebody like that like Roland Emmerich, not Roland Emmerich. Who is it? Find out who directed this movie. Because it's somebody. I remember being surprised that they were making a movie that looked like it had awards potential. Richard Linkletter. Mm. Okay. So, the, yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, I'm sorry, Richard Linkletter, for comparing <laughs> you to Michael Bay. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I just meant this didn't sound like a typical Linkletter film. But, yeah, they're all kind of linked to, together, I guess, because they've, they've lost somebody uh, in combat. Mm-hmm. And they're traveling to go see one of their, their sons that has died in combat. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's got some touches of humor. And Richard Linkletter, man, I'm on, I'm on board yeah. with really anything. I'll tell you what. I'm going to get into this a little bit later when we do the recommend and warn. But Brian Cranston, man, he's... Turn, turn it into a hit or miss guy for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it's not like his name alone doesn't necessarily mean what it used to right after Breaking Bad for me, uh, uh-huh. for me personally. Yeah, right. I think I think you're right. Uh, Meet the People, which is a Lucille Ball mm-hmm. movie. I haven't seen that either. I think I've seen it like with my grandmother forever ago. I saw but... Meet the Feebles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Not shot in Delaware. <laughs> it's and, New Zealand, isn't it? See, it's shot in a dirty ass bathroom yeah, for man. most of it yeah and uh, and then yeah you have to include meet the deedles in there too oh yeah of course yeah so you have to watch those back to back that's a that's a triple feature right there meet the people meet the feebles meet the deedles i would yeah i would say watch meet the deedles first with your kids and then don't watch meet the feebles with your kids <laughs> or at all yeah uh <laughs> um and then uh one other one here survival of the dead which was the last film of george a romero yeah never uh, saw it I never did either. Uh, last week we were talking about Day of the Dead and we were trying to figure out what the fuck that was. Apparently, that was, uh, it's a really good, uh, of the dead movie. It's got good reviews. Came out in 1985, which I, we were getting it confused with one of the later ones that came yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of the yeah. deads, but I mean, I, I hate it when I miss one of these because it feels like I should know that, but mm. I, I just, I just did. Can didn't. I ask a question? Mm. Does Romero have the reputation he does because of his filmmaking techniques or because he was a pioneer with zombies? I think both. Okay. Yeah. I watched the first one he made. Which one is Dawn of the Dead or which was the first one? Well, the first one is Night of the the Living Dead, Dead. which is not good. No. Well, okay. Well, then I I didn't. didn't, So they got better eventually. I watched that one and I was like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, he I think he realized that he had something with political. Yeah. There's uh, a social commentary. Yeah. And and Night of the Living Dead has a little bit of it Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, like racism and stuff like that, yep. but like Dawn of the Dead comments on your consumer culture right. and all that. I don't know about Day of the Dead. Probably something about war and shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, he's got. I mean, he's got a few more other than the of the Dead series too that he's done. Um, he did Creep Show, uh-huh. which um is. I mean. Do we consider that good? I don't know. I I enjoy watching. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess I guess that's what he's mainly known for. And well, it's that and the you know the practical effects that he used for the zombies, the shots that I I actually like the original Night of the Living Dead. Uh, but the shots that he has and like his his editing style, like I I see it as very forward thinking i think okay fair enough but that's just me yeah and and you know there's probably i mean i've i have i've heard of his name so many times and i've wondered that same thing that you just asked what is he 
really famous for yeah is it because he sort of introduced this genre to all of us or is it because he's really really amazing as a filmmaker and i don't i think it's maybe a little bit of both like it's well, it mainly that, off towards the end yeah for it's sure. mainly that he's a pioneer and mm. then after that you know i'm not i'm not even saying that's not a fair reason to give him credit or mm-hmm. put him in the hall of fame or whatever the fuck we're doing i'm just saying i, I don't know mm-hmm. i never saw anything of his movies that made me go god damn he's the next spielberg no no yeah it's a it's a different but i might have some walking dead baggage because I, I watch walking dead and i'm just like you people watching the show just like gore yeah. yeah yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's fair to try to say he's would have been the next spielberg or anything like that no, I, I, it's, it's be, I know what you're going for but i don't i want to make that clear that yeah I don't think he ever was going for Spielberg status. I think at at best, maybe Wes Craven status, mm-hmm. you know, um, but mm-hmm. uh, who knows? He's probably right up there. I'm sure there'll be people on Facebook who inform inform us all that, you know, that this is the reason why he's famous. This is the reason why. I'd like to I'd like to see that. I'd like to see the argument for I him. would, too. Uh, all right. So we can go on to Florida. Florida. Yeah. Delaware. We're done. done. <laughs> step off Delaware. somehow we talk for more than five minutes about delaware yeah, frank will be happy pretty fucking amazing um, you can actually drive from one side of delaware to the other in less time than that florida <laughs> is another one of those states it's huge it's big yeah it's a big state and a lot of things have been shot there well mm-hmm. because it's got it's got so many different geographical looks mm-hmm. you can do the everglades you can do the beaches you could do the keys you can you can go to in it inside the state make it look like any you know mm-hmm. suburban yeah anywhere. some sort of backwater you got miami as your as your big city uh you know obviously bad boys is what immediately yep. comes to mind whenever you say florida to me because that's as, as miami as shit yeah you know both of those <laughs> movies are um uh and <laughs> bad boys too Ugh. oh my god gives me a headache even saying that (laughs) first bad bad. boys is fine bad boys 2 is oh yeah it's a lot of pain associated Mm -hmm. with that movie yeah uh what else do you want to talk about with florida well (laughs) any given sunday uh took place in miami for the miami sharks i think Mm -hmm. it is right yeah um i still struggle with this movie i think i hate it Mm -hmm. Um, i do but i but i still Mm. watch it whenever it's on Mm -hmm. for some reason I don't know. I it's don't Matthew get it. Modine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. so. Um, that movie is just. I don't think. I don't think Oliver Stone knows jack shit about football. It doesn't look like it, does it? No. Well, that's one of those things where like every hit is a bone crunching, <laughs> amnesia inducing hit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I I don't know. How many sports movies ever really get it right? Because they don't want to hurt anybody. Uh, and then, of course, the actors themselves are not well-trained athletes a lot of times. They'll get people from, you know, like retired Major League Baseball. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, they'll get those people and everything. But they're not they're not going to be in there like, you know, th- Taylor's not going to be in there giving a Joe Theismann hit to yeah. Jamie Foxx. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it so like a lot of times you know it looks like they're pulling their punches even on the big hits yeah. and everything you know you know that it's editing that's helping that out mm-hmm. you know and like sound and all that well, plus it, the, especially that last playoff game that we see uh where willie beeman has to come in um 
the, the uniforms don't look like football uniforms. No. Yeah. The logos, the stadium doesn't feel like a football stadium. It's almost like he doesn't understand football. Well, and that's one of those yeah. things, too, where they, they, they didn't want to pay the fee. Right. To be an NFL, and I don't. I think they may have wanted the NFL. Yeah, the NFL, but the NFL didn't want anything, NFL to, do didn't with want anything to do with it. That's what. Well, it was. yeah, because it it basically shows all of the ugly side of football. Well, and- LT's character is pumping himself full of drugs yeah. to reach a bonus, <laughs> and the the medical staff are doing it for him. That that's my that's my ultimate problem with this movie is that nobody is likable in this movie. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz, Al Pacino, James Woods for sure, mm-hmm. Aaron Eckhart, like I. I I don't like anybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. I guess we're supposed to like Willie Beeman, but no, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of an asshole, like mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like any of these people. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. There's not really anyone to root for. Mm. I feel like that happens a lot in Oliver Stone movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, we could talk about Scarface that takes place. In we Miami could too. Yeah. <laughs> talking about unlikable people. Uh, yeah. We could probably do a whole segment just on Miami. Well, yeah. that's there's a, when I looked up the movies in Florida. There's a whole subsection of Miami movies, yeah. and that's I listed that separately. But I guess Scarface is going to be one of the the most iconic uh, Miami Miami yeah. Miami movies that there is out there. That's where Miami was a uh, was a pussy waiting to get fucked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pussies waiting to get fucked, the yeah. cage takes place in Miami. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, man. Oh, man. You were ready for that one, were you? (laughs) Oh, Oh, your kids are going to love it. (laughs) That's right. Uh, The bird. I I actually didn't remember that the birdcage happened in Miami. Oh, man. It's Miami as hell. Because it's it's specifically tapping into. Well, first of all, a lot of the establishing shots are like Miami porn, but then specifically, like the whole like gay club subculture which is very strong in miami from what i understand um i can't think of another movie that ever kind of gave me a glimpse into that world mm-hmm. um behind the scenes mm-hmm. you ever been to miami nope man it's, I had, it's you a, see i had to think it's an awesome city i've been to florida like a been million very times. close to it before but i've never been inside oh man it you know all the like cliches about like south beach and all that stuff i was there i think in like march mm-hmm. and of course it was perfect weather there's people walking around in no clothes around mm-hmm. South Beach. It's gorgeous. The people are gorgeous. The food is amazing. Like it's it's really really and it's doomed. City. It's gonna be one of the first major U.S. cities underwater. Yeah. Well, that's you got to party while you can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm just saying they should start planning now to move Miami inland. Yeah. Because I yeah. don't think Orlando is gonna be able to live up to the Miami reputation once it's on the coastline. <laughs> the, the Birdcage is a great movie. I haven't seen it. In- in forever oh, it's a it remake like, yeah. of a french movie la cage mm-hmm. of fools mm-hmm. no it's la cage of follies ah there, there, we, go. there we go um yeah i just watched this again um i love it i've probably seen it six or seven times and it, it comes on every now and then on one of the movie channels but everyone is really perfectly cast here. Mm-hmm. Uh, nathan lane and robin williams um are perfect mm-hmm. opposite each other and they're sort of playing they're each playing one extreme end of the gay male stereotype i guess if you will mm-hmm. um but uh, calista flarkart is great in this is one of her early roles yeah. gene hackman is phenomenal oh in this. yeah uh diane weist is great uh hank azaria steals the whole guy azaria yeah. fucking kills it man uh, and it's just there's so many it's not a punchline movie mm-hmm. it's a 
it's almost a situational comedy. Yeah, it's, if a, you will. it's a farce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, a, and I can see why you like this because there's it's it, a lot of the stuff is rooted in Frasier as well. Yeah, yep, yep. It's very Frasier e. You're very yeah. That, like it, uh, several things happen, and eventually you realize, wow, this is a preposterous situation, yeah. and I can't <laughs> stop smiling about it. Yeah, uh, I highly recommend uh, that. Also, by the way, funny that you mentioned Frasier because Frasier's boss at the radio station, Kenny. He's in the birdcage. Really? He's one of the two National Enquirer guys who are following Gene Hackman's senator's family because they think there's some scandal. And they're... That's awesome. Eventually not proven true because <laughs> Gene Hackman dresses in drag. I just spoiled the movie for you. Gene Hackman in drag. Yep. Snape kills Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually... Because somebody... Sent me a YouTube message last night. God bless him. If you're listening, dude, I'm sorry. He's angry because we keep sending movies he hasn't seen yet. Mm. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. five years and you're just now going to send me this message? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I mean, you, know, you can faster. You watch, watch some more movies and binge us later. Not I to don't mention know. it came in the day after we send Laura Croft Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had, you had, Timing could have been a little better. You had 17 years to watch that, bud. <laughs> Uh yeah uh so there's I mean there's other stuff from the rather than, other than Miami and stuff you have the Big Short which mm-hmm. had a has a small break over to Florida once they uh they're looking for the bubble Steve Carell Steve Carell again yeah, Jonah uh and all of them go down to Florida to check and see whether or not there really is a housing bubble and everything and holy shit do they find yeah. the, <laughs> what <laughs> and that's what's so funny about it they go through and they see all these people like that just there's you know they. You have the stripper who has two houses, yeah. and you have uh, you have the one guy who's like paying rent in a house that the guy hasn't paid his own like his own mortgage on yep. it, and all this other type of stuff. But like after the stripper thing, Steve Carell like the scene cuts, and he's on the phone. He's like, "Yeah, hey, we're in a bubble." <laughs> <laughs> uh, aren't we headed to another one? Hmm? Like I feel like I read a couple articles recently that uh, the housing bubble thing is going to repeat itself here soon. I mean, it it generally does. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, but speaking fun. of uh, housing bubbles, did you ever see The Queen of Versailles? I did. Yes. I love this movie. It's, it's a documentary hard about... to watch. Oh, you think? It's hard for me to watch people that are that stupid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what this movie does, though, is it ends up in a completely different place than Well, it because starts. they were filming before they lost all their money, right? Right. But I have never seen somebody that could be construed as a villain turn into the hero at the end as as dramatically as this Mm -hmm. um because that whole the the whole after the climax where they're they're not destitute they're not broke but they just can't keep adding on to this house and you start seeing the the characters are revealed uh these these two uh this couple and it's really engaging no i agree i agree it's just uh Yes, they are stupid, or at least she is. She is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like watching the Kardashians for me. Just like, <laughs> uh, you, you haven't really earned my attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, are we still in Miami? I mean, we're just in Florida in general. There's a ton of Miami we can talk about. A ton of Miami. Uh, well, I was just going to bring up Donnie Brasco, yeah. which mm. is one of my favorite movies to put on. That's just, it's one of those movies I can pop in at any time and pop out whenever I, my life needs me to. Uh, but they spend a good chunk in Florida. They do. And it's one of those movies is a lot like Out of Sight, which also spends a good chunk in Florida that, that I feel like is, is very intentional about trying to put its characters in a dramatically different setting. <laughs> um, 
to use different methods to show you their character traits. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because out of sight is is almost half Miami and half Detroit. Yeah. Uh, and completely different vibe and look, but still cohesive movie. Uh, and Donnie Brasco's like that. That basically, uh, the, the feds, uh, well, I don't want to spoil the movie if you've never seen Donnie <laughs> Brasco, but all these gangsters go down to Florida and it's kind of fun to see them go down the slide. And oh, it's great. Pool. That pool scene is hilarious where they're, they're dressed in New York attire, but like, Swimsuits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're very clearly New York mobsters <laughs> yeah, out of Florida exactly. pool. Yeah. Especially Lefty. He's yeah. like, he sticks out like a fucking sore thumb. He does. Uh, and I love the Florida part in this movie, too, because this is where Lefty gets crushed. Mm-hmm. This is where... And it, I think the movie spends more time in Florida than we remember, mm-hmm. because there's the whole thing with the King's Court, that club, and the lion, and mm-hmm. the cops raiding that. But then there's the whole subplot about the the federal boat and renting the boat so they can take the the florida gangster out and wine and dine him there's that whole story where um donnie goes to the hotel to talk to the feds and it's the same hotel where the other dude is buying cocaine he's not telling the boss about and uh but anyway on that boat with uh shit i thought i was gonna come up with the mobster in florida's name off the top oh i don't remember his name uh traficante Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that's that scene is where Lefty gets crushed, where where Sonny Black basically takes Donnie Brasco from Lefty, and Lefty realizes like I'm I'm never gonna be the man ever. Like he kind of already knew it. Yeah. But in that moment, he learns it for real, and he's like, "Get out of my sight. Go to the go to the bow, Donnie. <laughs> you know where the bow is. I'm in the stern. You go to the bow. All right. I don't even want to look at you." <laughs> it reminds me also, Goodfellas has a little. I don't know if they shot any of it in Florida, but mm-hmm. there's a little little break in that movie where they go down to florida because yeah. they have to shake somebody down oh and yeah like and uh and then they threaten to to feed the guy to the alligators and he's yeah. like and they must really feed people to the alligators down here because as soon as we did that he's on the phone you know um speaking uh, of alligators i i emailed barrett about this and i left you off because you don't own a smoker but i was watching naked and afraid the other day and there was this guy whose partner quit and left him alone and he killed an alligator by himself and then he built a smoker out of grass and wow. like palm leaves. He spent hours building a smoker. I imagine his uh, whatever rating at the end of that episode was like a hundred, right? Once you kill a gator and make your own smoker, I mean, it was all—he was almost insane, sitting there giggling while his this basically put a headless gator in the smoker, Badass. and he was like, "It's going to taste better this way." <laughs> it's like, wow, you Jesus are an Christ. alpha male. He may be naked, but he is not afraid. No. No. If we're going to stay in the gangster territory, we can also talk about Get Shorty, which we yep. did. We missed in California. Another one of the many we missed in California, but it starts off in Miami. And uh, so there's a there's a brief. I mean, I guess it's I don't know. If it's, I guess it's brief. Well, Chili Palmer is from Miami. Like he's he's the hit man in Miami. Right. Mm-hmm. Or is, is he the he's a loan shark, right? Yeah, uh, he's a he's a Shylock. Shylock, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but this is where he punches dude in the face, right? Yeah, it's, um, I think at the very beginning is where they're at the restaurant, mm-hmm. and and then yeah, um, Dennis Farina's character takes his coat, right? And then he goes over and like this is the best scene ever. <laughs> like he comes over and opens the door and like immediately gets punched. <laughs> Love I think that all scene the scenes so where Chili Palmer. Beats ass are awesome. Oh my god! Especially the ones with uh, 
Soprano, Tony Soprano. Fuck. Oh, yeah, James Gandolfini. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at the stairs oh, in that yeah. restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> He's always so calm about everything, too. And, like, it, and God, I could go on and on about Get Shorty. I love so many different things about it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but, Doesn't he go over and talk to Gandolfini? And, like, it, it, like he ends up having a conversation yeah. with him? He beats Look. his ass in the parking garage, and then they start having a heart to heart. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You want to yeah. waste your whole life doing <laughs> yeah, this kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I think all that beginning part starts in Miami. Then he has to go and look for David Pamer's character, who's, right. who's, who's uh, scammed the airline out of money and everything. Um, Poor David Pamer. I know <laughs> David Pamer. I could. There's so many movies where he is like pushed to the side. Ocean's Thirteen. Yeah, Ocean's Thirteen. He's really. I mean, he's really he pushed just to the gets side. Dumped on that movie yeah. for no fault of his own. No, he's not even a bad guy. He's just a guy that happens to be in that room. That does lead to one of the best endings, though. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they rigged that uh, machine for yeah. him to win the jackpot at the end and everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, we missed Get Shorty when California came along, but uh, we'll talk about it here where it's barely in Miami for a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, anything else that stands out to you? Um, finish up Miami, I guess. And okay. There's something about Mary. Oh, is, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It's a very Miami Playing the movie. Dolphins, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's another Cameron Diaz movie in Miami. Uh, he has to make his way down there and everything. One of the um, best cameo setups ever. Oh, for yeah, because they keep saying yeah, Brett, yeah. Brett, yeah, Brett, yeah. Brett, my my boyfriend Brett or whatever. Yeah, kind of like Tropic up. Thunder, where they keep saying Lance. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say Lance? <laughs> no, I said Nance. <laughs> hey, everybody's gay sometimes. <laughs> it's Hollywood. <laughs> Should I feel racist when I do an impression of Robert Downey Jr. doing a black person's yes. voice? Yes. <laughs> shit that i'm really racist uh, <laughs> but outside of outside of miami is one of my favorite underrated movies that not a lot of people have seen or even like uh, great expectations mm. uh the remake in 1998 with ethan hawk and gwyneth paltrow and robert de niro i love the feel of this movie i love the vibe i love the music in this in this movie it's alfonso cuaron uh one of his early things mm -hmm. and it's just magical. You man. know, for me, it feels... It, I actually went back and watched it, I don't know, a year ago, whenever you raved about it on the podcast, and I thought you were stupid. Um, <laughs> I still am stupid, of course. It very much feels like a movie that a great director made who hasn't gotten all of his shit together yet. Mm -hmm. Like, Because I get what you're saying. There are these ethereal moments where you can see the talent behind the camera, but the movie just has all these holes for me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a character hole because uh, Ethan Hawke's character does kind of 180 very, very quickly. And some of his dialogue is a little stilted. But like Anne Bancroft and K Chris Cooper, mm -hmm. like there's some really great performances in here. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. never, never would have crossed my mind that that was set in Florida. Yeah, but no, it's set in uh, Sarasota, which is a part that, you know, you don't usually see. It's There's a little bit of swamp around. It's like old money, big mansions, things like that. But there's a huge disparity in the rich versus the poor. And this is kind of the, the story of much like Great Expectations set in England mm -hmm. um, of, of him coming out of there and using his talent, which is as an artist, uh, to, to make it into New York and all that stuff. So Speaking of uh, Chris, Chris Cooper and swamps, adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like that segue? Man, <laughs> we, can, we can do a good one. Yeah. Uh, like, there aren't enough movies uh, set in the Everglades, I don't think. No, well, I, I, I agree. I think I, I went to the Everglades. Have you ever been there? I oh, think yeah. I have. I went there when I was a teenager. My family was, we actually were going to the Florida Keys for an extended vacation, but we 
spent a day going through the Everglades. I was mm-hmm. scared to death. <laughs> Did you see any gators? Well, yeah, but I was more afraid there was like a 70 foot like python yeah <laughs> under me like i didn't i didn't go very far from the car like my brother's all walking up to the edge and like mm-hmm. looking at shit uh but it's such a unique and different looking ecologically speaking geographically speaking, it's like nothing else right. in mm-hmm. the u.s uh and it, you feel like people would take more advantage of that and from a filmmaking maybe it's just really hard to shoot a swamp yeah, <laughs> well, yeah people keep getting eaten <laughs> we but, need more extension cords i don't think it's ever been shot more beautifully than in an adaptation oh no i agree there's i mean he and they obviously either they get into like a really tiny boat or something or they actually have somebody crawling through that because yeah. They're going through the swamp. Well, maybe, maybe they're not. Maybe it's movie magic, and uh, and they're not going through the swamp there. Hey, but. the Titanic and Titanic was not real. Shit. <laughs> mm. Actually, it was he built a huge replica. Yeah. Um. But uh, adaptation is uh, another movie that we probably can't stop raving about on this. We've talked about it a million times, but uh, another great like. And I and and if we're gonna be sticking on the Everglades here, we can talk about Wild Things as well. Yeah. Uh, Boy, what do you think of that movie? That, that uh, I just saw it. I just saw. It I again. just saw it two weeks ago because it I hadn't seen it in ages. Is the perfect trashy movie. It knows it's trashy, right? It very much so okay. knows. Good. Uh, it is. I. It's not one that you would recommend to right. everybody, yes. right? Uh, you have to be in a certain mindset to want to watch that movie. Well, now, we- Wild Things came out. Denise Richards being naked was my only reason <laughs> for needing to watch that movie. Well, and okay. Well, since you said that, I don't think I can look worse than you. <laughs> you can't look worse than me no matter what it always but i had the biggest crush on neve campbell at this point mm-hmm. neve campbell how the fuck you say it so i had so a crush on her crush, never bothered to learn how to say her definitely name. definitely nev <laughs> um and it's just it's stark how not naked she is in that movie yeah when even kevin bacon's getting naked in yeah. this movie everybody's getting naked except her mm-hmm. and t- you know whatever age i was 21 23 mm-hmm. somewhere around in there uh, i was kind of offended by that which uh, yeah it is it is kind of weird when everybody's going for broke and then the one person decides no nah, i'm not gonna do it and then later on she does it all the time yeah she's definitely gotten <laughs> naked later well, yeah, yeah but at this point i think she was too close to her party of five fame and didn't want to it was right after scream when this came out and i don't even know let's see see wild things came out in 98 so so she was definitely a name by this point and like it, i don't know she it wasn't going to be anything that hurt her in any way mm-hmm. i don't think but uh yeah anyway. we just talked that long about nudity that didn't yeah. even happen. by the way i think denise richards is the only person in this movie that they didn't tell this was an intentionally trashy movie. yeah you're probably right <laughs> they true. told they played they played it straight with her yeah i don't know she it's it's hard to tell a lot of times i know uh i don't know how you don't know when you're doing the things that she's doing in this or whatever but uh yeah uh the horniness aside this movie is is trashy fun mm. and i can watch it anytime it's on well really? and it's one of those like there's like seven different carpet pulled out from under you moments in this movie yeah, yeah. like you you think oh that's the big twist and now i understand no 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 <laughs> there's always more keep watching there's Wait more twists it. yeah um but uh yeah it's it yeah get it getting aside from that because that's what in 1998 i was 21 and that's all i watched that movie for sure was, was just oh, and you probably enjoyed it nice titillation that's great and uh but then later on when you don't really care that much about that stuff 
uh it's just one of those type of movies that it's just so ridiculous it's it's so ridiculous like i don't think that plot could possibly happen oh no oh no <laughs> like it's, there's no way if we send that movie we would break oh, the counter oh we would yeah, yeah. because it's impossible the shit that happens by the way the, for a while there it felt like this was going to be like its own sh- subgenre yeah because around the same time they had that movie palmetto oh yeah, yeah. Remember that palmetto. Which also, was also florida. shot in florida with uh, woody harrelson yeah and it has that it's, it's, it's a little, shoe yes yeah it's a little less uh campy yeah and a little just a little more just straight trashy mm-hmm. but that that whole everglades palm trees florida <laughs> sex and fucking yeah. and <laughs> sex and fuck yeah that's right those are two different things we're gonna there. go down to, yeah we're gonna go down to panama we're gonna have a lot of sex and we're gonna have a lot of fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um but yeah, um, uh, continuing along with that, The Water Boy, which was a Louisiana uh, set movie, was actually shot in Florida. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah, that was set in. You know, they shot that around the swamps. And by the way, that's the mo- that's the official movie where I gave up on Adam Sandler. Mm. That was the one where I went. Okay, wow, you really have stopped trying. That yeah. was ninety eight. You never really gave it a hundred percent. Like you watch The yeah, Wedding Singer, right. and you know Adam Sandler is not giving it a hundred percent, but he's given enough of a percent that he's charming. Yeah. And Waterboy was where he stopped. He stopped caring. Yeah, I think it was either ninety seven, ninety eight. I can't. Ninety eight sounds right, but yeah. Um, uh, I think that's the bridge movie for me. Like, I think Little Nicky is that for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Waterboy still got some sort of that anarchic fun to it even though it's stupid as fuck yeah it's just i don't know there's some things in it that i that i like in it and you can find stuff in adam sandler like i was watching mr deeds last night Mm. uh which is an otherwise stupid movie but like the john turturro character in there is really funny and like there's some funny little antics in there steve buscemi character is kind of funny like Mm. i I don't know I'm, i'm never like completely out Maybe Grown Ups. I haven't seen Grown Ups, but I'm, I'm usually not out of uh, an Adam Sandler movie. Um, like, I'll get on board with parts of anger management and things like that. Um, I don't know. There's some some part of him did, appeals uh, to me. But in he the really middle, makes a good movie. In the middle of all that, he did Fifty First Dates, which I thought was 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 a pretty decent. and Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love and all that. But we should do more of that. But whenever yeah. whenever it's whenever it came down to Adam Sandler in this comedy, that's not a romantic comedy or whatever. It was it was something you know just really dumb. Like it, little it Nicky was, sucked. Yeah. Oh my God. There's some people who. Uh, I like that movie. Really? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I would rather watch mm. You Don't Mess with the Zohan yeah. than yeah. Little Nicky. I think you're right. And that is a No, I would definitely movie. watch oh, that over a, Little Nicky. Yes. And I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I'd watch over uh, Well, movie. see, that at least has Jessica Biel in yeah, it. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> uh too fast too furious was mm-hmm. shot in florida mm-hmm. um <laughs> for better or worse yeah for better or worse i'm just gonna mention it and then move on ace ventura pet detective that's a very miami movie it yeah is. It's, uh, miami's basically a character like lots of dolphins talk with the kicker and the whatnot yeah and the dan marino dan marino yeah um <laughs> and with the concealed nutsack <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> not on dan marino right 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 <laughs> I still do that sliding door gag from Ace Ventura, and my wife and I giggle like children, where he's like screaming, but he's closing the oh, door yeah. and opening it, <laughs> intentionally muting his voice when the door is closed. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it, one of the all-time 90s classics, Fair Game, was shot in- <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day, because they're running that Pepsi commercial that they ran on the Super Bowl that 
references all their previous Super Bowl Pepsi commercials. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. hi, Brittany. And then there's that moment with Cindy Crawford. And uh-huh. the narrator's like, hi, Cindy. And for some reason, I'm watching this commercial the other day, and Fair Game pops into my mind. And I can envision the boardroom where they're like, we got the youngest Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And swimsuit model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I remember. How did that movie get made? It was about seven or eight years ago. There was an interview with Cindy Crawford and uh, they asked her, so, uh, so you want to talk a little bit about fair game? And she's like, she's like, well, not really. I mean, and he's like, do you remember? He's like, who was the director of that? And she goes, exactly. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I've probably rented that movie at Blockbuster two or three times. Right. Probably watched it once. Yeah. And or all the way through once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Other 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 time she was, doesn't even get naked in that movie. Yeah, yeah she does. Yes, yeah, she does. Well, I didn't. That's the, that was the selling point of that. It must movie. not have been memorable. It's then. on the train when they're like uh, they're oh, in that, that car. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember her in a tank top and me being frustrated. I must have missed that. <laughs> no, scene. there's a sex scene like they're on a train and yeah, that's where ha- that's well, the, that right. was the main selling point for that movie. All right, I really don't remember. Anything it was like, else oh boy, Cindy Crawford. We've talked for a me, lot about nudity tonight. For me, yeah, we're just gonna call this a pervy podcast because yeah. because I'm about to bring up Sliver. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For me, I always think of Fair Game as the movie starring that guy from Sliver. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good right, Kate. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I'm looking at some others here. I see Armageddon. I guess the like uh, the launch mm-hmm. stuff was in, mm-hmm. it was there. Not really like a lot of stuff or anything. Right. But um, uh, let me look at. Uh, I saw a few on on my list. Uh, Edward Scissorhands was shot in Florida, suburbs of Florida. In that movie, you would never think nope. that was a Florida movie, mm. but uh, it was shot somewhere there. Caddyshack, yeah, uh, that's the, a big the one. golf course, the entire thing was in Florida. Uh, partly the bodyguard was shot there. Um, True Lies, the bridge scene in True Lies mm. was shot. We've got two bridge movies. Two Mission Impossible yeah. was shot. In oh, Nell. I think that was even a key, a Florida Keys bridge. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, at think- least they're saying it was. Um, but uh, gotta yeah. tell you, for a fifteen-year-old boy, Florida Keys not a good destination for vacation. Really? What is there? There's, there's, there's people and there's beaches. There's hardly any people. Mm. Oh well, Key Largo, beaches, sure. Beaches all up and down Florida. You want to know what I saw in the Keys that mm-hmm. was memorable? Key deer. Oh, interesting. They have these in the state park in, I think, Key West. Um, they have these deer that are like, they're basically the size of puppies. They're full, really? they're full grown. Uh, and we drove, actually, it was just my mom and dad and I. I don't know what we did with my brother. Uh, but we drove into the state park just to hope to see them. We saw a bunch of them. Really? Look like little miniature deer running around. That's those. it. That know. and every other person you meet will tell you a key lime pie is actually yellow, not green. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It is good, but I don't need to be told by every goddamn <laughs> cashier on every single key. Yeah. We went to the southernmost point in the U.S. Whoopty fuck. Really? That's exciting. Why is that? Not when you're 15. I don't know. If I, when I was seven, maybe. I when got, I'm I went 15, there when I was I'm 17. like, what am I going to do with my boner? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a good. It's a good question. <laughs> Mm. That's definitely going to be the cold. We stayed in a camper on a public campground right next to the water. A tiny little camper, two teenage boys and their parents, girls in swimsuits fucking everywhere. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to torturous, torturous vacation. 
I've told you enough about my upbringing. Oh, yeah, I guess not. It was, it was a bad vacation. Mm. Sorry, I, I definitely <laughs> derailed us. But uh, again, I gave some more horny talk. So. That's right. <laughs> uh, Midnight Cowboy, was, that's the destination in Midnight Cowboy. Ah, okay. Um, hmm. uh, Cape Fear, it was shot in Florida, even though it was set in North Carolina. Oh, that's such a North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but it's a, I mean, we'll, you know, obviously bring up Cape Fear when mm. North Carolina hits, but, uh, it was shot in Florida. Um, and then, uh, my girl was shot in Florida, even okay. though that was a Pennsylvania movie. I would not have guessed right. that. I would have not have guessed that either. That's uh, the first time I've ever heard Florida substituting in for Pennsylvania. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. You know? <laughs> um, what about the, uh, Stallone bombing movie oh uh, the, the specialist. specialist aka the movie starring that girl from sliver <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly Sharon the Stone. Other. <laughs> also one of the least sexy sex scenes i think I've oh, yes. kidding, no, no it's a terrible sex scene it's like i don't want to fuck either one of those people <laughs> I, back in the day sharon stone yeah but not uh, not the specialist sharon stone <laughs> by then she had already <laughs> gone too far i don't know did you like this movie i kind of like this movie uh, nope. I did not. No, no I did not. Like no, it. no, no it and fun. double no. No. In fact, I saw it once, and all I remember is rage. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I like a good trashy Stallone action uh -huh. movie uh, more than most. But uh, I, was, yeah. I was angry. Yeah, you're you're Mister <laughs> Assassins over there. Yeah, <laughs> Assassins, Demolition Man. Yeah. I will take it as it comes, but not the specialist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, two big ones that are set in Florida. Uh, that we haven't mentioned, Magic Mike. Yeah, Magic Mike takes place in like Tampa, Clearwater, that somewhere area. around there. Yeah, some place um, where people care about stripping. You right. Know, yeah, that's a place where, like Sarasota, with great expectations, that whole like panhandle armpit of uh, of Florida doesn't get a whole lot of like things shot around there. So mm -hmm. figured I'd mention that Magic Mike uh, was kind of forgettable to me. I know it was a phenomenon. Yeah, I yeah. I I don't know like. Uh, it, it, that was a weird thing for me like magic mike was sort of advertised as this you know like finally the girls get to see like guys being naked yeah. on a movie and it's we're we're uh we're made, treating them like meat for a change and everything <laughs> it really didn't turn out that way and is there even any dick in that movie there's a shadow of one i was gonna say i don't remember any dick <laughs> like in two that shadows shadow dick <laughs> shadow dick uh it sounds like very covert government <laughs> Actually, it sounds like an awesome form of kung fu. Yeah, shadow dick. Don't mess with me. I know shadow right. dick. I went to Hong Kong and trained my shadow dick. I know. I specialize in drunken penis. <laughs> Jackie Chan taught me the drunken penis. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that we quote all the time is Spring Breakers. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. What a Look at my shit. Oh <laughs> my shit. I, that movie. I liked it more than most when I saw it the first time, but it has only grown on me. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a weird fever dream of a place to go, yeah. but I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. There's something oddly—it's almost like a hug. There's something oddly comforting about the way this movie is shot and it's edited like a dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to where it, uh, you know time feels almost flexible. Um, and you know, so most of those girls aren't bad to look at, just to keep us in the pervy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna keep us in that lane all Although day. only uh, only Harmony Corinne's wife gets naked in that movie. It, that feels that feels weird. It's very weird. Like you're gonna have now. <laughs> this is this is a weird guy though. <laughs> it is a weird. Yeah, maybe I should just stop trying to understand it when it comes to that guy. He did trash humpers. So. He did. <laughs> he did indeed. He's done a lot of weird. Yeah. Like, this is probably his most accessible movie. Oh, it absolutely mm -hmm. is. And it's not very accessible. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, like me some Spring Breakers. 
Uh, obviously, Cocoon was shot there. Obviously. Uh, we'll never the, get older and we won't ever die. Uh, yeah, that's one of the all-time, like, go-to, uh, like, if you want to mention somebody's old references, <laughs> you somehow find a Cocoon reference yeah. in there somehow. Uh, uh, Ron Howard, again, that's mm-hmm. another one of those uh, Ron Howard kind of okay movies yeah <laughs> you know he's gonna get done and half of his career is gonna be he directed that mm-hmm. yeah he was in the music man he as was... ronnie howard wow mm-hmm. i was watching the because uh, i did a 76 trombones outtake for the taylor swift video and uh i was watching the un- intro and little ronnie howard probably before the andy griffith show mm-hmm. is in the the march there i was my wife and I were watching TV, and somebody was playing the trombone. I forget what it was, but I immediately went into 76 trombones, the big parade, mm-hmm. and 110 cornets, rappers. And she turned to me and said, what's that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, you, <laughs> you, there's so many movies she needs to watch. We've been there for 10 years, and she's not really catching up. Mm-hmm. It's troubling. Yeah, it is troubling. I, um, I went and found the scene. I went and found the scene on YouTube and made her watch that whole song. <laughs> well, you saw little Ronnie Howard then. Well, I didn't know I was seeing him. <laughs> um uh hidden figures shot down in uh in florida that's uh the space program and all that did you like that movie i did yeah really good um i liked the double entendre of the title yeah totally figures math figures female bodies that's mm-hmm. right that's mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. yeah or just or just them as human beings it's a play too. on words yeah um <laughs> just burp into the mic this is a sneak attack. Uh, Porkies. Porkies. Yeah. yeah. I, this the... is the part where I defend Porkies. Yeah. Wow. Because Go ahead, man, because Porkies is terrible. Well, I agree with you. <laughs> and that, uh, that def- iconic scene is, you know, sexual misconduct. It is. Um, it is also something that happens in high schools. And well, did. it's also something that happens in every 80s movie. It yep. was like it, nobody thought it was bad back then. Yeah. Because it happens in every Revenge of the Nerds. What are we talking about? Videotaping the girls in the shower or stealing their underwear? Looking uh, looking through the, the peephole in the shower. I, I don't think I've ever seen Porky's. Oh, so what they do is a, a group of boys find a hole or drill a hole in the, the girls' shower. And, of course, they're all showering en masse yes. in a large room right. where you could see them. Uh, and then they take turns looking through there and eventually, uh, the girls are tipped off to it and just kind of like gather around. And one of the guys actually sticks his penis through it and the teacher comes in and grabs it, grabs mm-hmm. it, uh, mm-hmm. grabs it as in like repeatedly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she grabbed it repeatedly. She grabbed it. Let it go. Grabbed no, it, let what, it go. I, what I would say about Porky's is it has a lot more weight to it than it gets credit for. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's some drama in there. There's some pretty heavy moments, especially later on towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of a message of bringing down, you know, these yeah, there is a nice little racist revenge. bastard. Yeah, yeah, there's a revenge factor in there. So, yeah, it's not good, but it, it is weightier than you think. You have the devil's advocate written down here. Do it, they start out in Florida? Is there any, is, is it, is it, yeah, he starts out in Florida, right? He's in like Jacksonville or something right, like right, that. Right, right, right. It's like a right. hick town with a southern accent. Yes. But it could just as easily be Arkansas. Well, it's, no, it's, it's definitely Florida because, uh, you know, there's the, the beginning takes place where he goes through his whole trial and they show that mm-hmm. where he, he gets the, the rapist off, basically. He gets. The- <laughs> God, man damn. beats off cheetah with bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
was terrible. Yes. Anyway, he gets the he gets the guy off. Is uh, it uh oh yeah, it's the the fir- yeah, that fir- that really like weird dude at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he gets recruited down there and then he packs up with Charlize when she's still got her long hair and they go by the church where his mom is. Mm-hmm. And the God of Truth will soon crush Satan. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that a song yeah. yeah. Wow. I thought I had heard everything. <laughs> like, I didn't think you could come up, you could bust out like a conservative Christian hymn that I hadn't heard. Before. I don't know. I, I'd never heard this one, but it I've heard it a million been, times might now. might not be a real, it may be something they wrote for the movie. That'd because, be awesome. Because that is the theme of the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so they may they may have just put that in there as a sort of a foreshadowing. Or I'm not even sure I ever sang the name Satan in a hymn. Mm. Well, no. he gets crushed. <laughs> but still, it's not the kind of thing you sing about often in church. That's true. Satan sucks. <laughs> He's really, really bad. Was he circumcised? <laughs> Was he cut? <laughs> I don't know. You mean you've been having sex with him every night? You don't know if he's been cut or not? <laughs> he's been polishing worse. his knob. Polishing his knob. That's right. This is officially the pervious podcast. <laughs> Let's just embrace it. We, I will embrace it. Uh, but yeah, um, it's a very New York movie, but it does start off in, in yeah. Florida. Uh, Paper Towns you have written down here, which was, I believe, Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, they made a big deal about that in Paper Towns. Like, what, how do you surmise that movie? Uh, is it uh, Little Girl Gets Cancer? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a guy who's obsessed with a girl. I never saw it. It's a guy who's obsessed with a girl and... Uh, and they're in this sort of a relationship where uh, they're friends, but she's wild and she wants to like experience a lot of different things. And he thinks that she wants to be with him, but then she disappears without a word, but leaves clues to where she went. Oh, this and, is not a cancer. Oh, I'm thinking about the fault in their stars. Yeah, the fault in the stars is the cancer movie. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't, and I want to go out of my way here to say that John Green is super talented. Mm-hmm. And clearly knows how to write both teenage characters and four teenage readers. Mm -hmm. But a lot of his books and movies run together for me. And that may just be because I haven't read them and I only saw Fault in Our Stars. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But like when I walk through the bookstore and I see his titles laid out together, I'm like, they they probably, in my mind, they all have a cancer girl. He wrote this Love, Simon, right? No, he but didn't. it very but well but could have. But the producers, <laughs> the producers of Fault of Our Stars, Fault in Our Stars, did this movie. Maybe. So I, I, I was just assuming it was a John Green thing because when I saw the trailer, I was like, this, this is exactly how a John Green book would go. Yeah, it actually feels exactly like his stuff. Um, um, but no, I think his next movie is Turtles All the Way Down. No, that's his most recent book. I don't know. Clearly successful. Mm-hmm. I wish I was more like him. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to put down his writing or his characters. I'm just mm-hmm. saying from my perspective, my corner of the world, they all run well, together. Well, no, those movies do run together. I mean, paper. you have to... I mean, even though Fault in Our Stars is very different, like cancer and all those other stuff, it, it does have that same feel to it or yeah. whatever. But yeah, Paper Town, Cara Delevingne's in this. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, and the guy... And she's... You know, she's, I don't know, she's one of these crazy girls in the neighborhood. The guy likes her and, you know, thinks, oh, well, we'll be together forever. Manic peaks, pixie dream girl? Disappears. Yeah, she disappears and then leaves, like, clues or whatever. What where, if nobody had tried to find her, man? That would be depressing. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. Well, I think by the end of it, she's like, why did you come find me? Cause you left the damn clues. Because I think that she says... Uh, I just wanted you to know that I was okay. Oh, and that was and and I didn't mean for you to come out here. Interesting. 
which is weird. Why would you? Why don't you just say I'm okay and, and oh, fuck it. yeah, but pick, <laughs> um, pick up a phone. Right. Thirteen days was the uh, I guess shot. Yeah, part Partly. of it. Yeah, part of it when they're meeting in Miami or something. That's like that. That's a good movie. That I haven't seen movie. it in forever, but mm-hmm. it's about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yep, Bruce and, Greenwood, uh, baby. Yeah, Bruce Greenwood, <laughs> presidenting president Bruce Greenwood. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's Kevin Costner is playing uh, like some. Is he playing a famous person in that? Yeah, he's yeah. playing. He's the the fixer. The chief he's of the, staff. Oh, isn't he playing the chief of staff? He's playing the guy who solves problems, basically. Like he's. You're right. He's like not. He's, he's brought not in an official as an appointee. outside counsel. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, but I think he's a real person. He's playing mm-hmm. Kenny O'Donnell in that. Um, they killed Kenny. That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's a really good one. The Cuban Missile Crisis is uh, from what if you ever if you ever hear uh, people who lived through that, uh, they say no that joke. was like as you know they everybody was just on edge. Well, and I mean you would have to be. I don't even think we can fathom it. No, like, we all were kids in the eighties and just caught just enough of that Cold War stuff to have a little. I did at least. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of fear of nukes and mm-hmm. nuclear war growing up. Like it was almost a certainty. Just when is it going to happen? But if you put yourself in the Cuban Missile Crisis when the nukes are literally right off your coast, God, man, that's it must all right. Have been- they had the X Men there. To, uh, that's right that's right you know everything. what i forgot about that i forgot the x-men stopped that who plays the x-men in 13 days oh yeah that's a good question because back in the back in that day god oh man that's a good question i'm gonna have to do some research um, man i tell you what the x-men were involved in a lot of historical moments it yeah, is it's crazy K's assassination mm-hmm. And we, and we, mu- I mean, there must have been like a MIB thing flashed in front of our eyes because yeah. I, it's not in the history books. <laughs> um, I guess probably we can wrap it up, but we need to mention Miami Vice. Miami Vice for sure. Uh, because it's so, it, it's so boring. I don't know what happened with Michael Mann later on to yeah. where he made boring shit. I've got, I know people who love that movie. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of like what would lead someone to like that i don't know i know that i know that i want i was in new york when this movie came out and i remember it was me and some employees were watching miami vice and there was a point where one of the ushers got up and said corny shit (laughs) 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 and walked out that's funny because i feel like the movie if it it was going to work it needed more corny shit yes it it tried to play so serious with a property that was never really taking itself serious. Of course, you also have to realize that it, that expression in New York is just more like dumb or oh. stupid yeah. or what. It's not like where we, I, I that was my ears when I heard it. I was like, when I, I, I by that time I was acclimated to it. But corny to me when I first heard it, I was like, what? There's nothing like corny about that. But like that was just a common expression. Ah, interesting. And people would say it was corny, and it just means that it's stupid. It's, it's we're dumb. all so different, yeah. Americans. <laughs> it's a tapestry. Oh yeah. It's like we should go through each of the states. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I see that a couple of Bond movies, License to Kill and Goldfinger, mm. were shot uh, partly in Florida. Uh, and uh, Tomorrowland also shot Ooh, in Florida. Yeah. One of the biggest disappointments. Uh, Goldfinger. He's yeah. the man. The man <laughs> with the. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then Flight. I could say and say Flight mm. would be a good one to mention there. And uh, Oh, and, and the Florida Project, which you like. The liked, Florida right? Project, which I really liked. Uh, that's uh, set in the sort of the outskirts of Disney World. Uh, like uh, it's uh, it's like this. 
area where just like it's just some severe poverty going on and then like in the backyard is disney world that's wow. crazy and it's uh god that movie i it, i have a hard time saying everybody go out and watch that now because the florida project is one of those movies that can be can be considered slow and it can be considered like you know not very much going on whatever but willem dafoe's amazing in it um the kids are freaking amazing in it mm-hmm. uh and it's and it's not like a, a movie that you sit there and watch and it's like a big plot developing or anything it's it's very you know like uh i don't know sketch almost almost a sketchy type of movie where it's just like a slice of life here and there just some some scenes that are you know not a not a big plot or anything but uh really good i really enjoyed it i'm so. in a weird place right now this happens every year where all the big awards movies that I didn't get to see have have come out on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I've ordered them long ago, pre-ordered them. Now that so I basically have over the last two weeks, I've got like twenty Blu-rays stacked on my desk of movies I really want to see. Recent mm-hmm. movies that I know I'm gonna like: Lady Bird, Florida Project, basically everything I wasn't able to discuss during our Oscars talk <laughs> with Aaron Dicer because I hadn't seen it mm-hmm. is sitting on my desk right now. But I don't know how to choose. I don't know where to start. It's overwhelming. Mm. I, I i just just you'll have to start throwing darts at something i'm gonna know? have to yeah and just say all right i'm i'm committed to the dart <laughs> <laughs> committed to the dart uh, suddenly there's a dart in my blu-ray but <laughs> yes i'll watch also, it anyway should also mention uh the um moonlight also was shot oh was yeah shot there as well if we we're talking oscars and stuff yeah. like that best picture of 2016 so this episode is brought to you by movie right it is brought to you by movie yeah it's brought to us by movie that's right i've seen uh, uh quite a few since uh, the last time we had one of these you're ads. basically their best customer at this i point. am <laughs> uh they have so many this is the thing this is a service i believe that has been carved out for me because yeah. <laughs> um because i have always looked for these sort of interesting films and it's not really easy to know which one to go for and it's not really easy to find them a lot yep. of times. And what movie does is it curates sort of a, a, you know, a grouping of films from directors and by theme and by a lot of different things. Yeah. And so recently, and they still have these now, the Louis Bunuel uh, movies that are still on there. Um, I've watched uh, Diary of a Chambermaid uh-huh. and I've watched The Milky Way. Ah. And uh, I believe the last time I was on here, I talked about that obscure object of desire, which is a fantastic movie. Uh, but uh, Louis Benwell's on here. Uh, but I, I watched The Milky Way recently, and that one's about. It's really an abstract type of movie. Louis Wells known as a surrealist yeah, type yeah. of guy and everything, and but it's a religious satire. And uh, it's basically these two guys, these two homeless guys, are walking around that it's a it's a sort of a pilgrimage path from this one area to another spot in spain is where they're trying to get to okay and as they walk through they keep encountering all these people who believe they have like religious like uh knowledge or something like Mm -hmm. that like they they know they know what the bible means and they know what you know all these they know with a certainty and uh there's a lot of just like really funny stuff it's savage man really honestly if you if if you're like devout catholic watching this movie you would be very upset probably <laughs> um yeah. um just a disclaimer <laughs> yeah but it's it's one there's i mean there's there's i mean it's reasonable questions that's the yeah. thing that's what makes really good satire mm-hmm. it, it, like there's a point where the two homeless guys walk into like a, a house and like it was a house or an inn or something 
And there's this one guy who's a priest talking to another guy who I can't remember what he was. It's like a constable or something like that. And he's talking about the body of Christ. When you eat the bread, you're eating the body of Christ. And you have to, and he's like, you have to take that literally and all that. He's saying that. And, uh, and so there's a point where the guy very reasonably without challenging the, one of the homeless guys comes up and he's like, so the body of Christ is you're eating the body of Christ, right? So now what happens to the body of Christ when it goes down into your stomach? <laughs> 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 and then he, they're kicked out <laughs> when i was a kid my dad we did communion you know once a month or so and i like i guess catholics do it every service mm-hmm. i don't know much about catholicism pardon my protestantism <laughs> uh, but my dad when i was a little kid i think he changed it when i was a teenager but he would read like the king james version of some scripture mm-hmm. this is the body of christ and he would say eat ye all of it mm-hmm. but it came out sounding like Ichi, all of it. <laughs> and so as a kid, every communion, I would start giggling, and my mom would be slapping the back of my head. Like, I didn't say Ichi. Nice. I did. Uh, there is one movie on here that, that is still available as of when this posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a Chilean movie called Plants. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is really, really interesting. Like, it's bizarre in some ways. Uh, it's got this very almost blank character and this female protagonist but it will make you want to watch until the very, very end. Like there's, there's a lot to unpack. In Is this it about movie. actual plants? No, <laughs> that's an interesting title. Then it's, uh, it's about this girl taking care of her a disabled brother and just gets into these, these weird, surreal situations. And man, it, it pays off strangely and satisfyingly, and it's really interesting. So make sure to try that because uh, it'll be. It's got four days or so uh, left, and and that's the thing about movie is that. They have 30 days of cinema and you can it's a rolling list. They keep adding one. They subtract one every mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Yeah. And and we just said, join us and sign up. So where do we do that? Uh, it's a movie dot com slash cinema M-U-B-I. That's it. Dot com slash cinema Go to that URL. And when you do that, it'll give you a 30 day free trial yeah 30 days yeah somebody came month. on the subreddit a couple days ago and asked about movie uh even though it had been a couple weeks since they had sponsored yeah. a podcast they were like what's that movie service they talk about on the podcast so i linked them up with the slash cinema sins link so we'd get credit of course yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I care much about credit <laughs> um but you know i think frank from twitter signed up and and is checking some stuff out again this is a this is a risk-free propos- proposition yep. here uh it's, it's not like one of those deals where like we're faking you yeah Hey, free for 30 days, but there's a catch. There's no catch. <laughs> Just yeah. sign up and check it out. You don't dig the movies, move on with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You dig them, I think the service is going to be something you really enjoy. It should be known. There, I mean, these are challenging movies a lot of times. Mm-hmm. There's, there's stuff that is a little out there sometimes. Sometimes it's... Sometimes, I mean, they have even The Pianist is on here right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so you even get some of those every once in a while. But, you know... um, Every once in a while, you'll click on something and you're like, okay, I want to watch this. And then it's like, I just, it's nothing you expected. Right. And that is both great. Yeah. And it can it can be like, whoa, what the hell did I just get into? <laughs> but you can always watch something else. Exactly. You got 30 different movies to choose from. Yeah, you're so. not going to find the hot chick on movies. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> Maybe ironic. The what pianist is probably about as mainstream as you're going to get. It's a, it's a, yeah, and I wouldn't much. really call that movie mainstream either. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, check it out and uh, try for 30 days for free. Movie.com slash CinemaSins. All right. Uh, you want to do some ranting? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset. Lord Jesus! Lord Jesus! Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, now that that's over, um, <laughs> uh, I'll start. Okay. Uh, because mine's non-movie related. Okay. It also involves Spike Jones again, uh, much like our last uh, discussion mm. did. Okay, so the Taylor Swift Delicate video just dropped. I like that song a lot. I borderline love that song. I think, but here's the thing. I think we're so starved for a good Taylor Swift song because the first three or four singles off that album have been crap. Yes. That maybe we love this more than we should. Possibly, but I think it's accentuated by the video. So the the music video is really, really good. The conceit is that it's Taylor Swift. She's walking through a hotel, being noticed and all that stuff uh, with security. And she goes to the bathroom. Suddenly, when she's in the bathroom, she disappears. Mm. Or, or she's, she's invisible. Mm. And so she can go and move about the hotel and around um, as an invisible lady and do whatever she wants to. Obviously, what she wants to do is dance. And so she does that. And she's adorable. She's playing in the rain. She's jumping in puddles and stuff like that. She's adorable because she's not a dancer. Like yeah, she can yeah. pull off the moves, and yeah. she's always done choreography since she's been a pop star. But she's not a dancer like Paul Abdul is a dancer, right? Yeah. So she looks like a real person, just being carefree, yeah. dancing in the rain. It's it's imperfect in the perfect way. Yeah, and it it works really really well. Uh, and of course, there's backlash to it. Mm. Um, maybe after a day after it came out, uh, people were comparing it to uh, an ad for perfume uh, for Kenzo perfume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a commercial, like a two and a half minute commercial that Spike Jones actually directed. Mm-hmm. And it also features an actual dancer who's bored at like a conference or something like that and walks through a hotel room or a hotel lobby dancing. Mm-hmm. She's not invisible. She doesn't go outside into the rain. She's not singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically another woman going through a hotel dancing. That's the only similarity mm-hmm. that it has to it. But of course people are saying, oh, this video totally rips this yeah. off. Well, this is the world we live in now. Is mm-hmm. that we just, we're primed to be on the lookout for the next thing we can have a controversy about. You know, it's like every day you read something like this, right? Yeah, and it's... I even read that, like, a headline, I didn't read the article, but Taylor Swift's new video stars gay porn star in the background or whatever i'm like so so she hired an extra huh. in the background of the video who but, happened to have done gay porn and that's a controversy yeah. i didn't see that part uh but yeah no i it's just it's silly because this is we bag on taylor all the time in music video sins uh and we've been talking about how uh underwhelmed we are about this new album but this is a really good song mm-hmm. it's a precious video it's a good video and it's like, man, find something else. Go talk about look what she made me do again and how shitty that is. Yeah. Don't don't mess with the delicate video. It's so good. A song that I was like, this has to be one of the ones Jack Antonoff helped write. So I went and looked it up. It's not. Mm. Yeah. In fact, Jack Antonoff helped write all the ones that have already come out that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I don't have the right ear anymore or something. But yeah, when I heard this, I was like, I even emailed you. I was like, yeah. I really like this song because yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten that we were planning to do the music video sins on it. Um, yeah, it was but, yeah, quick that's, too. That's stupid. I mean, mm-hmm. we, this is we're spending so much time and energy as a culture on useless controversy. This is why nothing ever gets done. Mm-hmm. This is why nothing ever changes. And you see it. From entertainment and tabloids all the way through to political events and, and the coverage of that. It's just, it's all, we're just ar- constantly arguing. Mm-hmm. Forever. We're never going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my rant. Yeah. <laughs> Boobs. That's right. Sorry, let's get us back to the pervy. Yeah, it's been a while. Since. All right, I'm going to do a rant that is not original, but I'm, I'm officially mad enough. There are too many goddamn motherfucking trailers in front of movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
I counted. I took my wife to game night. What did you have? I had eight. I had ten before game. I've night. had ten before. Now ten movie actual, actual movie trailers. trailers. Yeah. Actual trailers. They weren't like uh, like some. Mm. Hey, I'm Ava DuVernay, and I'm talking about Wrinkle in Time. No, no. that was before By the, the trailer package yeah. started. <laughs> that was additional. I saw that like four times now, uh, three times, because I went to so many movies with my brother. Mm-hmm. That thing where Oprah introduces it. Oh, yeah, And yeah. we'll see you on March whatever at <laughs> Regal Cinemas when A Wrinkle in Time opens. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to this like two-minute behind-the-scenes thing, and it's full of the crew talking about how great the director is and how much of a family environment they had on set with the rest of the crew. I leaned over to my brother and was like, you think they realize I don't give a shit what the environment was <laughs> yeah. like on set for the key grip? Like, yeah. I want, the end product is all that matters to me. I don't care how kumbaya your experience yeah. was. You think they got like a five extra ticket buyers after that? Like, you know, I want to buy that. They had such camaraderie yeah. on the set. <laughs> the movie's not very good, but man, they yeah, really were exactly. a family. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I had eight trailers in front of my second viewing of Game Night. Um, it's maddening because I am literally not literally. I'm basically a hostage here. Mm-hmm. You've already gotten my money. I want to see the movie I've paid to see, and you can show me anything and as much as you want. And ninety nine point nine percent of the people are just going to sit there and take it. Yeah. Until their movie starts, you don't want to miss the movie to get up and go complain about the trailers. Yeah. It's not going to do any good to complain about the trailers. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. You know, these people can look it up on their phones and see these trailers. It's sure. not like you're not getting the message out. You could show like a condensed version of it. You could be more selective of it. Like there was a lot of shitty comedies attached to game night when i saw it like they, they look just awful they all well, they all and that's uh, john cena one blockers there's the melissa so the mccarthy one, the only one that looks melissa mccarthy goes to college oh yeah yeah there's three or four others that oh, i yeah, saw yeah. Well, that's the, that was my main uh problem with the eight trailer thing is that they all run together after a while mm-hmm. uh we had, had we watched some movie last year that seemed to have like it it was or was it a couple i guess it was a couple years ago they had like Miss Peregrine's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Miss Peregrine. It had like some other, like three other fantasy movies. <laughs> and then once we came back to start recalling it all, we miss <laughs> we were missing. Like we we're saying, some scene was from some movie and it wasn't. Yeah, because it's like Fantastic Beasts and Miss Peregrine and like yeah. all these these fantastic. You're making things. my point for me. That they're, they're undoing what they're trying. They're un- they're being hoisted by their own petard because yeah. mm-hmm. by throwing me so many trailers, they make them all more forgettable. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, a, that's my main problem with it. When I when I first started working in movie theaters first off carmike didn't have like a, they didn't have a limit they gave us a trailer list that i never followed and nobody ever cared uh but then when i went to regal it was the policy was five trailers mm-hmm. and that was where you stopped it and 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 then it became six and then once digital came in it was like okay well, we'll add one more and then now it's eight and you're right i think it will be at one point where and you saw ten mm-hmm you know, there will be a, at some point where they're just going to be showing all the trailers they have. Yeah. For what I got it, an idea. I don't even think they're necessary anymore in front of a movie. They're all released online before they're in the theaters. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the anticipated movies, the tent poles, the blockbusters all get hundreds of millions of views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Trailers are running on multiple TVs with sound in the lobby of the movie theater. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, I would argue... There's a very small percentage of people sitting in that theater that need to be told what's coming soon. My only argument for trailers is I admittedly a uh, I mean, I guess it's a stupid one, but um, is that people who come in late 
uh, can buy a ticket 15 minutes late. And that's, and that could be the reason why we're seeing eight trailers. But they can only do that because they've been conditioned to know there's going to be so many trailers. If we, if we just made a rule, no more trailers, then people who come in 15 minutes late today would learn to come in on time. Yeah. Yeah, right. They could, but you you would still have people going. If this is the reason why we're seeing eight trailers right now, is that they can open that window up for people to still buy tickets. They're always going to do that because that means twenty minutes more open for that ticket. You're right. Instead of you're you got here at four thirty eight for your four thirty five movie. Well, too bad. You know, three minutes of movie has already gone by. Yeah, but it's. I mean. I have to do math every time I go to a movie so that I can tell my wife what time I'm going to be home. Yeah, no kidding. I'm like, all right, well, the movie starts at 7. It's an hour and 58 minutes, but there's going to be at least 20 minutes of trailers and maybe more. And then there, if there's an after credits, it fucking sucks. Well, yeah, it used to offset. Like, the amount of trailers would be somewhat equal to the amount of credits. But now it's fucked. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm sick of it. By the way, did you like Game Night? I loved Game Night. All right, good. Yes. Good. I, I laughed harder at Game Night than I've laughed in a long time. That was kind of how my reaction went. Yeah. And then when I, I, it was about two weeks after I'd seen it with my brother that my wife and I went and saw it the other day. Um, and it was just as funny. Yeah. Like, one of the reasons I like that movie um, is that uh, there's so much packed in. It's kind of like Lego Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, you miss stuff the first time. Um, and so, you know, I was laughing at the stuff that I knew was coming because it was still funny to me, but I was laughing at stuff I had forgotten about already. <laughs> anyway, I was like, that, that's going to be my next. I've watched it 50 times. I yeah. can tell you that right now. That fucking Denzel stuff, man. And um, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for where they took it. <laughs> did you stay for the end credits yeah, scene? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that shit. I mean, it's a, my wife and I have been quoting it since we saw it uh, <laughs> left and right. Oh, you're high-fiving Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, glad you liked it. There's my rant. You got a rant? Uh, yeah, I mean, a minor one. I mean, it's, I, I, I guess this sort of, I mean, this has always been forming, but I think I really uh, started getting upset about it with Last Jedi and everything. It, really, to each his own, guys. If you hate the movie, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at this point, who? why are we trying to change each other's minds? And why are we trying to make somebody seem stupid? yeah either hating or liking a movie or why are we trying to say a movie can be objectionably good or or, you know objectively good or bad yeah i don't get that i know that it's art (laughs) i know that there was a philosophy that uh uh, gene ziskel had that uh that some movies were inherently objectively good and that if you didn't like it that you were wrong and whatever and i guess there are some movies that may hit that that sort of level somehow I don't know if that's if if you can really say that. I think the only way you can really attack somebody for hating or liking a movie is if they say, "I hated Seven because they never told you what the killer was," and like you know, and then you're you know, or who the killer was, and then you'd be like, "Well, did you stay to the end?" (laughs) You know, it, it would be like that. That would be where I would have an attack on you or whatever, and. And yeah, I don't understand people who like Transformers and the Furious movies and all mm-hmm. that, but I don't have any ill will towards you. Yeah. you well, know? and we don't we don't look down on them, right? Contrary to what some in the public seem to think, <laughs> yeah. we are or we do. We're not. We don't, I don't judge anybody for loving the Transformers movies. Yeah. I I think they're crap. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see any more. I wrote a whole goddamn parody song about Michael Bay and the Transformers movies two days ago. <laughs> That's how bad I think they are. Yeah. But I don't judge anybody for enjoying them. 
And again, you know, you, you you were saying maybe there are some movies that do hit that objectionably objection. Why do I keep saying okay, that? Well, objectively. objectively good. Uh, but first thing that popped in my mind when you said that was Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. But it's also a three-hour movie in black and white. I guarantee you, there are people out there that get bored by well, that. Well, no, and I've seen I've seen negative reviews of Schindler's List because they feel, like, and this is a valid argument, by the way, that they feel like Spielberg shot that movie with a little bit more excitement involved. Like he 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 wanted people to really be riveted, so mm-hmm. like he shot it with more of an action kind of mm-hmm. feel to it. And and he and the reviewers who'd say that say, well, you know, it, it seems like it's a little disrespectful to what's going on for you to be kind of energized while watching it because Spielberg does go through this like an action movie sure. a lot of time. But still, uh, even so, I mean, that's the that's the problem is that even when somebody comes up with a valid reason to dislike something and whatever, people are like, well, how can you possibly and yeah. all that? I don't. I so i i get i get a little upset at that it it occasionally happens i'll see it on twitter with you know people writing into you and people write into me on facebook a lot of times and saying you know this is the way the movie should be i like this part of the movie how dare you blah 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 and it's like well you know i i understand that you like it i mean there's respectful ways to tell tell uh, everybody what they thought without yep. saying you're a piece of shit <laughs> you know for for either liking or disliking and the last jedi was the was the big extreme example because i feel like that divided people right down the middle yeah absolutely and uh and like um and yeah i liked it but man oh man do i see why people hate it yeah yeah you know and and you know and a lot of the things that people bring up with like oh i hated it because i'm like yeah i don't know what to tell you man he, yeah you're right man. <laughs> I, I mean that stuff that i i glossed over and and liked in any way and whatever and it's like so I, this is not a new i i know this is not a new kind of thing i mean like what you like yeah. to each his own all this type of stuff is not a new thing but i feel like we have to be reminded of that and when you know uh these big movies come out and it's split people down the middle then just respect it it's great that we have different opinions on movies it's like even movies that are terrible and all that like people who come out of the woodwork saying i love this terrible movie that's fantastic man i love people who have that like weird movie like uh they like certain weird movies that nobody else does it's the that's the i feel like that's what makes the movie industry thrive and why it's fun to be a movie buff well and it's you know it speaks to the melting pot the, the celebrating diversity that sort of i think is part of the spirit of america even mm-hmm. though america disagrees with me a lot <laughs> lately uh, but you know going back to what i was saying a few minutes ago about how we're just constantly arguing and fighting about everything and it's just extending into this world of movies but I also don't think this is new. Um, like, I think social media just makes, magnifies this problem. Because mm-hmm. I distinctly remember, I've told this story before, I don't know why this memory sticks with me, but I was, I was a teenager and we were coming back from a Bible quizzing meet. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I'm sure all of you have a memory you can yeah, immediately totally. slide in place of that one That's that is right. exactly the same. But we're talking about a church van with about a dozen teenagers in it from 14 to 18. Um, <clears throat> and somehow we ended up trying to figure out what which restaurant had the best french fries mm-hmm. i kid you not there was screaming and tears by the time we were done wow. arguing <laughs> about which restaurant had the best french fries Ugh. and honestly it all came apart because one guy was insistent that arby's did and the other main guy he was arguing with said those are seasoned they do not count. <laughs> wow. And this was a screaming match argument. Now, granted, we were teenagers. Teenagers tend to argue. But that's a little microcosm 
I, th- I think this kind of thing has always existed here, at least here in America, where we're, we're, our opinions are part of our identity. Yeah. And when you disagree with our, my opinion, it feels like you're dis- you, you, you're dissing my identity. Yeah, you're per- you're personally attacking. Yeah, me. and it's it's not the case, and maybe you just have to be more active to not live that way. And sometimes it's just the way it comes across over. Sure, because uh, t- as we all know, we can't we can't really understand what text means mm. in as far as emotion is concerned when somebody says something to us. So a lot of times I'll read something in text, and I'll read it in my own voice that I think that's what there's how they're saying it. Sure. And it seems like, oh, you're just making a huge attack on me and, and then, you know, feel compelled to like have to say something back and everything. Even though a lot of times people are just kind of like, they don't know how to make it sound a certain way mm. when they're writing something. So. Sure. Well, and it's like, well, there was one of our Twitter fans, uh, Twitter friends, it was a couple months ago, tweeted something and it was late at night. I'd had a couple glasses of wine, but I thought he was going to kill himself. Mm. And like I DM'd him and was like, "What the hell's going on?" He was like, "Oh no, I'm getting ready to play this movie and just uh, he hadn't capitalized something or had capitalized something anyway." It read to me because of the way text versus speech you know works. I can't mm. hear the inflections. I don't know exactly what the mood is or the emotion. And I interpreted the the text as like he's super depressed and in a bad place. Mm. It was the, the opposite. Anyway, uh, we want to go on to some news. News on the mark. Well, speaking of Star Wars, you want to talk about the new Star Wars news? Yeah, go ahead. Considering there's new Star Wars news like every fucking day. Yeah. So now I don't even a, know what you're ta- referring to. Now John Favreau is going to be directing a uh, a new Star Wars series. Yeah, and I have thoughts. Is this going to be mm-hmm. on the Disney? It's not, yes. Okay. Well, they're going to come out. Um, yeah, it's going to be the on Disney, Disney streaming. streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. From what I understand, he's not directing. He's going to doing a showrunner type. He's going to write right? it and and oversee it. And that may be a good path. He's certainly done more good movies than bad. I don't have a problem with this at all. Um, I want to talk about the stuff outside of it because mm-hmm. there's been some backlash to this announcement. Two kinds. One was that they, that they announced it on International Women's Day. Hmm. All right. The other controversy is that another white male. Now, mm-hmm. first of all, those clamoring for equality and inclusion across the board in Hollywood, you have to be patient. Mm. There are not as many women directors out there right now for them to hire, at least not with a track record that they would give this kind of a thing to. Mm. Hiring a white man to direct a movie, God, I hate how this sounds, does not in and of itself signify lack of respect for women. Sure. And announcing a hire of a male director on a day that happens to have been declared by someone to be International Women's Day. Yeah. I can't fault Disney for that. Yeah. There's a day for every day. I'm actually pretty fucking sick of it. Yeah. Nacho day, taco day, love your pet day, rub one out day. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Every day on Twitter, there's an official day. And I don't know where the official starts and ends. I know taco day is not official. I know talk like a pirate day is not real. Yeah, and... But and Christmas is plus it make they make it sound like there's some sort of weird optics to announcing a star some Star Wars news on International Women's Maybe Day. Maybe it's going to feature like a, a female protagonist, well, like the whole ser- like the whole new stuff has yeah, been yeah. so far. Uh, yeah, like I I don't get that. Like if it were if they came out and said new Star Wars, 
being led by our main white man, John Favreau. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Our main white man. Our main white man. No, I'm I'm more like bothered not necessarily by the matching or you know, John Favreau I'm sure can do a great Star Wars series. It's the fact that we're getting yet another one on top of this DB Weiss Beninoff other trilogy. That's a trilogy too, right? Yeah, thanks. And so. then you've got, you know, the other stuff that Ryan Johnson is doing. So it's like That's we already trilogy. said we already said that that was we're already getting too much Star Wars content. And then that was before this, well, this and you series know what? was announced. Now, now, here is one way that I can I can see it from the other side here is if you're going to keep on introducing more and more like just they're not going to be major films or anything like that. And you're just you're just putting stuff on your streaming service and all that. You know, yeah, maybe it's time to give uh, a black woman or a Hispanic guy or somebody mm -hmm. like that a chance to do one of these these series or whatever. I can see it from that angle. Like, uh, I mean, because here we're talking about a TV series that I don't think makes or breaks the Disney streaming service if mm. it's bad or good or whatever. Um, so, like, you know, you can you can take risks in this type of thing. So. Look at Netflix. They're putting out 700 original films and shows this year. Yes, they are. I mean, <laughs> they know. They've done the math. They know a bunch of that's going to be crap, but yeah. enough of it will be good and popular that, that it's worth the total expense. I've, I've seen a lot Disney of Disney can do the same thing, and here's the deal. We're in the minority when we say too much Star Wars. Are we really? I think we all well, I guess we have to be. I was. Uh, I think I was listening. I think it was uh, Aaron on Sif Pop was talking about how there's way more marvel than there is star wars right now and i'm well, not I'm, I'm not tired of marvel i am so i'm tired of marvel but like <laughs> uh but like most people who most people are not right well That's you said it uh, when we talked about this with the uh the game of thrones guys doing it i think it was chris that said it like these movies used to be an event mm -hmm. it used to be something that you get super psyched for even when it's something you know, diluted like you know, Attack of the Clones or uh, Revenge of the the Sith. Yeah. Even when we knew like those those prequels were not going to be as successful, you still got excited for them because it only comes out once every two or three or four mm -hmm. years. Yeah. And now, once you have something once twice a year, like I'm not going to get my boner up for Solo. No, in fact, I'm actually if I have a boner, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> well, I also think that Deadpool too may just destroy. Like, even its second week may destroy Hans. Okay, so here's something interesting. Mm. Apparently, another detour, apparently there have been a couple of unsourced rumors that Deadpool 2 is testing terribly. Really? That the studio and the filmmakers are flabbergasted. They don't even understand it. Hmm. And then I saw a film reviewer address those rumors, a reviewer. And he said, well, I talked to somebody who said the opposite. It's testing really well, and I don't know where this rumor would have started from. Now, probably just shove all that out the window as useless information and just rumor mongering. There's plenty of rumors, right? Richard Gere and the gerbil. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't know why my mind went right there. <laughs> it's pervy podcast day. It that's is. Why. It is. Um, Hashtag pervy podcast day. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, rumors. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Deadpool 2 may crush solo i don't even think it matters if it gets bad reviews like i i think it could have a rotten tomato score of 17 percent, and it's still slamming that. i'm curious to see what this because de deadpool the first deadpool was such a, sh a surprise both mm -hmm. in terms of its quality and the box office it reached mm. 
that I wonder if this sequel is going to do what traditional blockbuster sequels did in the 90s and make more than the first one or it it all it, as always it comes down to how good it is. Yeah. If it's good, then yes, it will pass the original Deadpool. If it's not if it's kind of like eh then no it will not but the opening weekend will be amazing yeah and it'd be and big it'll enough to make it a blockbuster go still. straight down after that because everybody will say no nah, i don't go see that yeah but- and i think that might be changing though because like like batman v superman and dawn of justice were largely panned by everyone mm-hmm. and they both now granted they the box office dropped huge week to yeah, week it's but they slamming, still made a shit ton no, of money. opening weekend will always do well with these movies but the, the what how you sustain is by getting word of mouth mm-hmm. after that because mm-hmm. yeah i mean batman v superman i can't remember its total but i think it made it may have been just under 100 million on its opening weekend because that was that that was how disappointing it was right uh, it was either that or justice league that did that i can't remember what it was but um but then right after that it may have dropped 60 percent mm-hmm. or something like that which is still a, a decent second weekend but it's it's leaving money on the table how much time do we do we know how much time there is between deadpool 2 and solo it's one week one week deadpool 2 comes out may 18th and han so- the solo movie comes out 25th Hmm. or you know it one of them might come out on a wednesday or something and know. avengers is coming in april now yeah april 27th and that's going to crush them all well it'll be it'll be died down by the time deadpool comes up black panther hadn't died down yet yeah but th- i think three weeks and then deadpool i think it's just i think it's gonna i think deadpool is gonna eat right into i was avengers. talking with my brother in the lobby when we went to see one of these movies a couple weeks ago i don't think deadpool is going to be a very long lasting thing deadpool I'll, isn't yeah i'll tell you why as perfect as ryan reynolds is in that role and as fun as that movie is I don't think there's a lot of new stuff they can do with that character. That character doesn't have growth. That mm-hmm. character, I mean, it's isn't it always going to be shocking violence and one-liners and breaking the fourth wall? What else are the sequels going to we'll, we'll give have to, us? We'll have to see what this... I will say that it has... The trailers, particularly the, the most recent trailer, is so irreverent uh, that... It just it it really tickled me. Like, well, I'm I I loved it. It's it's I think it's even more irreverent than the first one because he's he's got a a frame of reference to really bounce a lot of this stuff on. We had to go through an origin story. We had to go through some sort of you know a characterization of like establishment of Deadpool in the first one. In this one, he can be completely unhinged. And I like where what I've seen so far. Now, it it may be too much and too indulgent. Is that I think he's going to be too unhinged. There's not going to be that girlfriend cancer story to ground anything that we're seeing and so it's just going to be one-liner palooza. well it also could be and again we're speculating on a movie that hasn't come out yet but it's it also looks like it may be sharing the characters around a little bit more which i think could make it more rich i like agree using cable that's more. the only way you can yeah. because he's just such an extreme character unlike batman you can't tell 12 different stories with deadpool yeah and have the mainstream audience stay connected um, so I'm, I'll be curious because I think they got big plans because Deadpool has his own X-Force team that's like the X-Men and I, I, yeah, I think that's how you, you've got to you've got to spread the love around to yeah. make that, that vibe. anyway I compare it a little bit to like Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> like no seriously you have because uh, Eddie Murphy is so unhinged in the first one okay. and the second one and and like you let him play and let him do his thing and whatever but at, after a while even in two you start getting to the point where like okay <laughs> gotcha and then yeah. three is terrible yeah. uh it's like chris tucker yeah 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 he, his comedy's funny mm-hmm. for a while 
Yeah. And then uh, then it becomes annoying and I need a big break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Rush Hour went through the same thing. Rush Hour 1, yeah. Rush Hour 2, then Rush Hour 3 is terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, you might be might be onto something. Yeah. If it's if it the movies are like this, you know, like, you know, if you follow that Beverly Hills Cop model where you let just an actor just go and do his thing and everything, there's only so many stories you can tell with that. Mm -hmm. Any other news? Um, I got one piece of news. All I right. read uh, about casting yesterday that really excites me. Um, the, the upcoming film hasn't started I don't even think pre-production yet. Um, but it's called Pale Blue Dot, and it is not an adaptation ah, of the Carl Sagan's read about this. book. But it is, Natalie Portman was already attached. Mm -hmm. And now Fassbender, not Fassbender, John Hamm has signed on. Because John Hamm and Michael Fassbender are the same person mm -hmm. in my head. That's they, correct. They look fairly similar. Um, so John Hamm, a guy we've all, often talked about, we'd like to see him do more stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Natalie Portman, always great. Yep. Sci-fi. Uh, basically, it's going to examine what happens to astronauts after they return from space in terms of i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure it's talking about the overview there's a term it's like called the overview something when you've gone up into space and you, and you see the earth from there right and you have a new perspective on life mm -hmm. and how small you are in the universe and it's, it's called something it's called overview something okay overview condition or something like that and i think that's what the movie's going to be exploring hmm but anyway, it's going to be written and I think directed by Noah Hawley, who did the Fargo TV show and the TV show Legion, which I haven't seen, but I've read really good things about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is one of those projects I'm going to have my eye on, sort of like I watched Annihilation yeah. over the year that they were making it, read about adding castment because I wanted to see it before they'd even started shooting. I'm, I'm already in on this. You've got Natalie Portman, John Hammond, Noah Hawley. I'm there. Interesting. So I'm very excited about yeah, that. It's not going to be like uh, Astronaut's Wife or Species I 2. I sure hope not. I sure hope not. <laughs> yeah. I Those sure hope not. Are... Or like Steve Buscemi when he goes space crazy. That's right. Argue space Armageddon. Crazy. That's correct. It's going to be a lot more like Supernova. <laughs> yeah. Like Supernova. I get it. I get it. I get you. I'm, I'm there now. Remember uh, Supernova when life. they had zero gravity sex? Oh, yeah. Was it James Spader and Angela Bassett? No, it's uh, not James Spader. It's the other guy. I can't remember that movie very much. I know that Francis Ford Coppola came in to like direct that movie, like uh, when it was having trouble. Oh, wow! Coppola came in to, like doctor it. I don't it, know. It watches like a movie Watch that this. no one directs. By the way, when you do your research, you're gonna find out that I'm just completely fucking wrong, and it's gonna be like you know just nothing like what I just said. Yeah, it was at actually all. Brett Ratner who came in right. and did the fix up. Uh, I don't have much news. I just, I mean, I know that the we there was a sopranos prequel that's one thing that's mm -hmm. that's coming that's weird to me me too uh I don't after know. i mean david chase has done what yeah sopranos and then he went off into hiding for 10 what years has he done and he's going to come back to the sopranos yeah yeah i mean now granted from what i read he's going to go back into the 60s and there there's apparently some real world stuff it, it, between jersey and new york between i guess the irish and the italians italians mm -hmm. um and he's going to play around and that was a lot more violent and whatnot. And, you know, if it's not going to be a bunch of winks and nods, if we're not going to see little Tony Soprano running around in a diaper, then mm. maybe it'll be something cool uh, because he certainly has a grasp on that world. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at Vince Gilligan and Bre uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Better Call Saul is is great on its own merit. And it's actually when it when it ties back into the original series is where it kind of loses some steam. Well, and yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people don't remember that in between um he vince gilligan did that battle creek show with josh duhamel that did nothing and nobody liked it and it went away oh yeah they put out like two or three episodes it's not like everything he's 
touched has been gold. It was when he went back to that. So maybe mm-hmm. now, granted, he also wrote on the X Files, so he's probably gold. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, he had a he had a one off in the middle there too. Certainly, mm-hmm. let's hope they don't do with James Gandolfini that they did with Nancy Marchand, like towards the end of oh. the, the The Sopranos, where they like found found some footage yeah. and like that's one of the the it is one of the weirdest scenes in any medium i've mm-hmm. ever watched yeah. is the nancy marchand like they because she had died yep and they <laughs> all this like weird fucking sh- it's like uh the it's like the um who was in gladiator that died during the, oh um, it was uh the guy who trained maximus yeah um, oliver, reed. oliver reed um but uh there's scenes in gladiator where they've cut stuff in that's from completely other different scenes yeah mm-hmm. reminds me of that radioactive man thing in the simpsons where like <laughs> millhouse is gone and, <laughs> and, uh, the whatever. goggles they do nothing <laughs> uh but yeah that's that was a minor thing i had also die hard six written down die hard year one is going to be the next die hard they've got conjuring writers doing die hard and it's going to yeah. go back and forth between the 70s and modern day yeah McLean. I give a rat's fucking ass. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, if you can give, if you can get Bruce Willis to give a shit this time when he's acting, uh-huh. even fifty percent of a shit might be good. Might be good yeah. because be he decent. hasn't given any shits the last two times out. No, he, basically, I think he's in a scene saying, "Give me my paycheck." I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. There's definitely scenes where he has just said it, and then that's the next line. <laughs> yeah. All right, recommends and warns. Yeah, what do we want to recommend? Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Um, briefly, I want to. Uh, I, I, I touched on this a few weeks ago, but I just saw it again the other day. Uh, Nobody's Fool. Ah, uh, movie from the '90s. Yeah, got Paul Newman. I'm pretty sure he got an Oscar nomination. Yes. Um, and it, it was one of those movies that my buddy Josh and I saw. Um, it's set in the winter. It came out in the winter. I saw it in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my memory of it three weeks ago, and I was talking about it cause I only saw it the one time in theaters and then one more time right after it came out on home video. And I haven't seen it since it's like 20 years. Uh, and all I really remembered was Paul Newman plays a cranky old fucker and he's yeah. great in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it came on the other day and I was like, I'm going to check this out. And like it flew fucking by because everyone is so great in this movie. It's like a, a Bruce Willis of mm-hmm. all people. And he doesn't have to do a whole lot here, uh, except play Bruce Willis, but mm-hmm. he's great. Um, and Melanie Griffith. I love I, me some 90s Melanie Griffith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, I, I think people forget that she's had moments of, like, really good acting. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I think she was filed by history into a pretty face from the 90s that married Antonio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Antonio Banderas. Yeah, and she was married to Don Johnson for a while. She mm-hmm. was. She was. Um, that, that birthed Dakota Johnson. Yes, it did. She's yeah. great in this. And to keep with today's theme, I should I should tell you guys, she does show her boobs in this does movie. Does she oh, now? Okay. She actually, Paul Newman's flirting with her the whole movie, and it's just kind of part of their rapport. And she's married to Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Willis is cheating on her, and she knows it. The whole town knows it. It's a small town. Um. And he keeps joking about running away with her or taking her off and running away. But then at one point, she just kind of smiles and lifts up her shirt and <laughs> puts it back down. And <laughs> he just kind of goes, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince is in this. Um, Jessica Tandy is in this. Yeah. She's Paul Newman's landlord. Uh, it's really just kind of a Dylan Walsh plays Paul Newman's estranged son who brings a grandson to town. God, Dylan Walsh. Where is that guy going? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, I had to look up his name, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Because he was on uh, uh, 
uh, Nip Tuck for yeah. a while, yeah. and then uh, and then I don't think I've seen him since. He was in Congo as well. I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's just a great small town slice of life family dynamic. Um, you know, if the same thing that makes Bad Santa work of all movies <laughs> is what makes this work is that you, you this cranky old fucker is lovable as hell, uh-huh. partly because he's so funny uh, and smarter than everyone else. Um, and it's just it's so much better than I remembered it. I, I, I two thumbs up. Cool. Um, two snaps in a circle. Whatever yeah. I used to do on that. Yeah. Show. In living color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really forgot how great everything else around Paul Newman was. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Good stuff. Check that out. I don't know if we've ever recommended a book, but uh, I'm going to recommend a book. Ooh. Oh, the Bible? The Bible. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the Bible. First off, Leviticus is amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> All the good uh, shit from oh, Leviticus. Man, Hosea. Right. Hosea, for sure. Man. And, uh, yeah, a Song of Solomon. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, in anticipation of Ready Player One, I have read the book. Oh, okay. um, I I I didn't know what to think of the movie even before I read the book, because uh, it, it looks something off is about that. Something off about that trailer. I agree, and and I can see why people are apprehensive about it and everything. And so, with that in mind, I decided I was going to read the book first on this one because. Uh, I didn't want to watch the movie and then read the book later and have that sort of, if the movie sucked, I didn't want it to be one of those type of things where now, uh, I read this book in three days. It didn't take me long at all. Um, uh, I thought it was really what are you good. freaking bragging. I, well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure kidding. there's uh, no, I know you're kidding. I'm just saying, I'm sure that there are people who read it in like three hours. Oh, and, sure. yeah. And, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And obviously I got it done really fast and everything. Something about, uh, I, I, you know, you, it, this is basically a scavenger hunt, essentially. This is what that story is mm-hmm. and everything. So I'm immediately on board with that type of stuff. And of course it's eighties nostalgia and all that. That's another thing that's right up my alley and everything. Um, so I read this book very fast and, and had, and really loved it and everything. I do, I do have some issues with the way the story goes a lot of times. Uh, you know, there, I, I really enjoy when in a, in a scavenger hunt situation, the characters have to think about, uh, where they need to go next and, and what, and they're kind of thinking about it and maybe even as a reader you have clues that go along with it there wasn't really anything in this book that gives you any clues as to where they're going to need to go next and it is a vast uh virtual world that they're going through so Mm -hmm. it's not like you like you know it's not like it's easy to do that or anything but you know there's a there's a riddle right off the bat and you read that and a lot of times you're like well maybe i have an idea like i could start you know thinking to myself what this could, doesn't really give you that it's it's basically mm, you're just along for it yeah basically so the guy like you know figures it out on his own and everything uh, throughout though and i don't want to give too much away on it but uh throughout though i was like man uh some things in there like you'll you in the trailer you see the ben mendelson character that's the main bad guy in that. And I, I I have a problem with just the main, like just having a main bad guy in this type of movie. Mm. Can I just make the scavenger hunt the challenge? Yeah, yeah. And can I just make the other players the challenge? Mm. Instead, you have this one guy and, and, the, and it's this 
conglomerate that's kind of like a cable company or something. That's that's the closest that I can come up with a, co- a cable company coming up with ways to sort of cheat the scavenger hunt. And so they're like actually getting through certain things before the players do. Hmm. And it's like, I wish that it was just the players mm-hmm. and just the players. And maybe you followed around the each player and you sort of root for your own, your own person in this whole thing. Hmm. Other than that though, but I, I, I'm, you know, it's a great, great book and you will blow through it. Awesome. If you're, if you're into, I've heard it that. referred to as the video hunger games. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes I'm sense. I'm just joking. Nobody said that. <laughs> um, I have read some reviews of the film because it has screened uh, for critics and it's, mm. it seems to be divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of what I've read that seems to confirm my fears is that it's nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia, at least mm-hmm. the movie. Again, I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. uh, but that the movie seems to forget why we even loved these nostalgic things from the past in the first place mm. and just throws a bunch of references well, at us. Yeah, well like in the in the trailer and I, like we haven't seen the movie, but in the trailer they show the Iron Giant, yeah. which is like, you know, oh, that's amazing. Well in the book they mention the Iron Giant, but nobody in that book actually, you know, uses him in mm. any way. It's, it's it's something that they can select at some point. Now that's one thing that's re- about Ready Player One that's really interesting and re- and you know the the thing that Elon Musk was talking about, like maybe we're all in a simulation yeah. or whatever. Like you could definitely if the, if they got it if they got internet and like uh, programming to this kind of level and everything, you could get lost in that. Sure. Forever. Well, and that's going to happen. I may not live to see it, but we're already we already have augmented reality and virtual reality, mm-hmm. and none of it looks real yet, but it it will. Mm-hmm. I mean. My favorite image lately, by the way, is the is the first Tomb Raider game, Laura Croft, versus the modern Tomb Raider game, Laura Croft, because mm-hmm. she literally has like pointy triangle boobs in the first <laughs> <Yeah>. game, <laughs> um, and that was only what, fifteen she years of advancement. Pointy um, triangle boobs in the first movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. Somehow came up with Somehow, a some way. You know who had some pointy triangle boobs? Is the girl from Sliver? That's right. <laughs> And and the girl from Madonna. <laughs> the lead singer of Madonna. The lead singer of Madonna. <laughs> By the way, I wrote what I, I, it may end up getting cut, but I wrote a righteous Madonna joke in the most recent Sin script. Nice. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Probably won't get cut then. <laughs> well, I don't. I think it's righteous. Yeah. But that doesn't mean because it's you and me doing the script. Oh yeah. yeah. So I don't. Uh, anyway, uh, what are we doing? Rants? Uh, well, no, rants. We already did rants. I'm, You're I'm on recommend. your recommend. Yeah. yeah. So from Madonna to Malala. Oh. Um, mm. I've already recommended this before, so I'm just going to make it a quick mention. The new episode of David Letterman's show on Netflix, ah, my next guest needs yeah. no interruption, is Malala Yousafzai. Um, mm. who is the survivor of the attack in Pakistan? Ah, yes. Uh, that became this champion for women or girls' education. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Like she was on um either Colbert or mm-hmm. one of these. I, She's done a lot of the 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 circuits and everything. She is super powerful. She's still like I think just 18. She mm. uh, she's yeah. just starting to go to Oxford, and it's it's an amazing interview. Letterman is still allowed to be. You know, just he, like he's following her around as she's giving a tour to Oxford and just like joking around with the kids, none of which find him funny. <laughs> so he's laughing at himself. Mm-hmm. He goes to to dinner in England with Malala's dad and he's having this serious conversation. And then by the end of it, like they bring him some fish and chips and there's this break where he, he's like, 
did you did you chase this? He's like, holy crap, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a reverend and everything. Um, so that's that's a recommend for sure. Uh, but my real one is uh, I finally caught Logan Lucky. Ah, uh, this is on Amazon Instant uh, for Prime members, and it is very enjoyable. Mm. Uh, it's Steven Soderbergh kind of going back. It's it's very Ocean's Eleven y. Mm-hmm. In fact, it literally references Ocean's Eleven uh, nice. in, in in the movie itself. Um, Channing Tatum, man, like he's already like turned into an actor, mm-hmm. and he's funny. But he's like gonna, I think, just gonna be enormous, like in a, in a few years, if he's not even eh, to that point. I don't know. I think he's missed his his. I mean, he's already. I think he's already there as like a big star or whatever. But I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where he sells a movie on his own. I don't know, man. He's so freaking. He might talented. be good, but I don't think he's. I think he's always gonna have that step up sort of. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a taint of step up on him, but like, uh, <laughs> but, uh poor choice of words. I don't step know. Up taint. taint hey, speaking of magic, Mike. Uh, see, that's your problem. Taint means stain, man. Um, oh man, he's so good in this, and he, he's he's playing a real character. Like this is uh, Adam Driver is you know a little bit more of a caricature and daniel craig is daniel craig like you've never seen him in this movie mm. good he is hilarious um and it's just it's just a, a really good time yeah. soderbergh right yeah it's steven soderbergh but and not shot on an iphone not shot on an iphone it's it's very like it's a very enjoyable like couple hours straightforward heist movie that just like got really really interesting characters yeah i've heard i've only heard good things about it i just uh, i don't think too many people saw it and uh I think it's in my stack. Yeah, yeah, and it's on Amazon too. So mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a recommend. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent. Uh, anybody got some warns? I have no warns. I have a warn, and mm-hmm. before that, I'm going to give a, a life pro tip recommend. That's okay. not a movie recommend. Okay. Um, I have now slept for four nights with a, a weighted blanket. Ooh. Mm. And it's something I didn't know anything about until about six days ago. I was reading an article on one of the Gawker sites. Uh, and it was about weighted blankets and how they can help you fall asleep. They can uh, help you relax. A lot of people with anxiety use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even more severe things like some kids with uh, autism, I think, use mm-hmm. them. Sensory uh, processing disorder. And yeah. Like and uh, so I went on Amazon and I poked around and did what I always do. Find the one with the most reviews that are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're supposed to buy one that's about 10% of your body weight. Um, so I bought a 17-pound one. Uh-huh just gave away my weight there you go um i am shocked how much i love this thing cool now i don't know if you have any experience with these things because mm-hmm. you've dabbled i don't know if you've ever used one i have never used one I got I, up it would use... drive me crazy okay let's yeah. see I, I read that that can happen to some people yeah um it, it feels like i'm in the womb yeah mm. that's the that's the way i've heard it described. like i got up to pee in the middle of the night all the way to the bathroom and all the way back, I was like, I got to get back in there. Got to get back in there. Got to get back in there. <laughs> I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I am, I wouldn't say I'm instantly relaxed when I get in bed, mm-hmm. but I'm relaxed and falling asleep much faster than I ever used to. I don't, I don't know the science behind nice. it. I don't understand why it works. Mm-hmm. It was uh, 130 bucks for the blanket, so it's maybe Jesus. priced a little high for most people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not necessarily saying, hey, you know, skip a few meals and go buy this blanket <laughs> if that's the kind of life you're in right now but uh man night and day i'm sleeping so much better nice i never th- i never thought something so simple as a blanket with weights in it would make that big of a difference mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna warn you against a little movie i just saw the other day called wakefield 
Mm. Brian Cranston is the star of this movie. I was looking at this because I believe it takes place either in Connecticut or the other um, Colorado or something like yeah, that. It takes place in an attic, so it doesn't really yeah. matter where it takes place. <laughs> um, and this is this is an adaptation of a short story that was an adaptation of, I think, a Hawthorne story. Hmm. Uh, so it's been modernized. And what what lured me in was the concept, and then Brian Cranston and Jennifer Garner are the two leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, this guy comes home from work one night, and instead of going into the house with his wife and two daughters, he goes into the attic above his garage, mm-hmm. and he begins thinking deep thoughts. And the next morning, instead of going back into the house, he just decides to watch what they do without him. He stays in the attic. Stays in the attic. Mm-hmm. Stays in the attic. Basically, the whole movie, huh? Um, and he begins to he begins to narrate, like like Jennifer Garner comes out and she's obviously concerned. Where's my husband? And she she goes back in and gets the garage door thing and walks out to open the garage door below him. And he's he's narrating for her, like, no, nope, the car's still here. <laughs> and he begins to have fun watching what his wife and kids and, and neighbors and coworkers do. In his absence, to hmm. the point where it goes on months, like they they think he's dead, um, and it's it does not work. This is why I said the thing I said earlier about Cranston being hit or miss mm-hmm. because you can tell he's going for it here, and it is flat. It's mm-hmm. an interesting conceit. It's essentially like you know being able to observe your funeral, like Supposedly, how people. Yeah, that again. The idea is kind of a cool concept. Yeah. That's what lured me in, but none of it works. Jennifer Garner's great, but all she's given to do. For ninety nine percent of the movie she's in is be behind windows as he's looking at her hmm. and make emotional faces. <laughs> um, and there's like a former guy she used to date who starts coming around again uh-huh. now that her husband's gone, and it makes Brian Cranston jealous. And eventually, he decides to go back in, and the movie fucking ends. Oh. <laughs> oh. It robs you of the only thing you care about. How do they react? You don't get to see it because the movie thinks it's some important journey of him and it's not oh god i was so mad because by the end i'm only watching to see their reaction or how he dies and doesn't go back in and he he actually imagines himself going back in well before he does it and the imagined scenario is they all look at him and scream and then like 10 minutes later when the movie's ending he actually walks in the front door and says i'm home and it cuts to black oh man I would. I felt personally violated. That's the end of the story, though, man. Well, and that's the thing is, it makes me think Hawthorne is a dick. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't write an ending right. to be adapted twice over. Yeah. Anyway, this was clearly a passion project for Cranston that just didn't play out or work the way he expected. I would not waste any time on this whatsoever. Mm, thank you. You watched it, so we don't have. Really to. frustrating. I wonder how close it is to a Nathaniel, real Nathaniel Hawthorne story. It can't be that close because Hawthorne was writing. Ages ago. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and in here we're dealing with garage door openers and the internet and cell phones. and. But yeah, he basically lives up there. Interesting. Yeah, I guess not really interesting. Yeah, no. He, he wrote right. in the 19th century. They didn't have cell phones quite that long. No. no. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like they, they may have, they like barely had a phone. Yeah. <laughs> a phone. <laughs> Uh, I don't really have a warrant either. Do you want to go into questions? Yeah, Maybe questions. one or two yep. quick ones here. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. What are some of your favorite movies within movies? Uh, for oh. example, that R-rated gangster movie in Home Alone. 
excellent choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is, is actually hard to answer. It is, although more came up to my head than I thought would. Well, that's why it's hard. It's yeah, hard to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because hmm. um, um, I wanted to say, you know, I would say that one, or I would, you know, there are a couple of obvious ones. The like angels with dirty faces or dirty angel, souls. Dirty angel souls. Dirty souls. Dirty souls. Or filthy souls or something filthy, like yeah, that. Yeah. It is filthy. Filthy uh, souls. And then the, the sequel. even filthier souls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I came up with a couple here. Uh, Stab in Scream 2 oh, is, good one. is fun because yep. they get to make fun of themselves with it. And everything. Heather Graham? He- uh, Heather Graham is the uh, Drew Barrymore yeah. at the beginning. And then Luke Wilson plays uh, <laughs> Skeet Ulrich. And, uh, and Tori Spelling, of course, plays the thing. Plays uh, Nath Campbell, but uh, the the they they get to get to see the opening part of it where like Heather Graham like says stuff very woodenly all the way through it, <laughs> and then you get to see Luke Wilson do that scene in this hallway that's so funny where he's like, he's like ugh, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I thought that was fun. I think they even do Stab Two and Scream Three. I think so. Yeah, and filming they're, it. And they're filming Scr- Stab Three and Scream Four, maybe. I'm not sure. I didn't see Scream. 4. No, they are filming it in Scream Three. They're not. They don't have it. Yeah, because they're they're they going the through the lot and everything. Yeah. Hey, we talked about that before, where the whole entire scene was cut. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I also the the stupid uh, film the kids make in Super Eight. It's kind of fun. Too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. At the end, you get to see that during the credits and everything. Yeah, it's nice. real fun. That's a good so, call. Anyway, my mind first went to State and Maine. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and again, this, this is why this was hard for me, is that the first 12 that I thought of, we've talked about a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried to dig a little deeper and came up with stuff we've talked about a bunch. Uh, Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder <laughs> yeah. is a movie I would pay full admission <laughs> to see two hours of that. Like, I... It's my only the only negative thing about Tropic Thunder is that they did not fully make any of these fake movies that <laughs> yeah. they have trailers for or that... You know, I just think Simple Jack would be a fun watch. Uh, we get to see play version. This head movie makes my eyes rain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to see what is the one with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Toby Maguire. The priest, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but uh, they fall in love. Oh, with it's it. oh, what is that one? But called? it's got that say, yeah, 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 It's Enigma. Enigma, enigma yeah. song, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Enigma. That's a great I get them and PM Dawn yeah. mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Same, same thing. thing. Um, and I also wrote down Chubby Rain from Bowfinger, which I've talked about Bowfinger <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, Chubby Rain. <laughs> Chubby Rain is the movie. One of the reasons why Bowfinger is so hysterical to me is that Steve Martin's character is this failed movie producer. He reads the script to this thing and immediately loves it. Mm-hmm. And you know you're in for a ride with a character that deluded because he's savvy. He's savvy enough to get everything in this movie done that he does, but he's still dumb because he thinks this is he's like, great script. Great. <laughs> this is a great script. Anyway, Chubby Rain uh, would be fun to watch. Only because of the terribleness. Yes. Uh, I don't think too many of these movies within movies would actually be good movies. That, no. uh, that Tobey Maguire, Robert Downey Jr. thing is called Satan's Alley, by the Satan's way. Satan's Alley. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It could have been called Beckoning Butthole. Yeah, could have been. I tell you what, man. I really like uh, the direction that Goodwill Hunting Two Hunting Season yeah, man. is going in, and Jay Silent Bob Strike Back. 
Uh, the only thing I don't like about that scene is Ben Affleck. Uh, well, I, that's the reason I like it because he's like, "Well, are we gonna have to go outside again?" It, it, it but is, he's like Scooby Doo in that scene. It is way over the top, even for an over the top scene. <laughs> when he does that thing with his like, like he's getting ready to punch, he, like does that thumb on his face thing. <laughs> yeah. and, like at least Matt Damon is subdued yeah. in that scene. I um, told you to be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood, and here you are regurgitating Gordon Wood. <laughs> It's a great. Actually, I did read Wood. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm up on shit you haven't even read yet. <laughs> Applesauce, like, like bitch. Chucky. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good one. I love fun. Chris Rock in that scene because he's like oh, the, the, overly uh, sensitive to racism. Black director. Well, that's the uh, oh, that's the, the cockknocker doing... one. The uh, the uh, Jay and Silent Bob yeah. movie that oh, they're making. Yeah, that's at the a end. Diff- oh, because yeah. it's Gus Van Sant counting his money on the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Just There's no cracker, booger in it, cracker, sir. Crack, yeah. Cracker, yeah. I didn't put a booger in it, sir. Playing, no what, is, what is Chris Rock? Drink the booger. Chris Rock's character is Shaka. Shaka Luther King. Shaka Luther King. Yeah. Drink the booger flavor. Yeah, yeah. There's no boogers in it, sir. Drink the booger flavor. Uh, here's a question. What is the dirtiest joke in a kid's movie and or what's the dirtiest kid's movie? Uh, for example... The fingerprints gag from Animaniacs. Yeah, I, uh, that's, well, there's a part in Animaniacs where, uh, and I don't know their names or anything. I wasn't, I wasn't like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, yeah. No, that's the the ducks. (laughs) No, but I don't, I don't remember their names, but one of them is like, um, dust for prints. And they're, you know, like trying to solve a mystery or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, they dust for prints and like i guess now they just cut away to some other stuff come back and the person who was supposed to be dusting for prints has prints in her in her arms mm. and oh. and uh and they're like and he's like no no du- no no i need you to um i need you to f- i need fingerprint i need you to fingerprint oh no <laughs> is, i need fingerprints <laughs> and 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 there's a point where prince looks like <laughs> Like, like side eyes oh over to god. her, and she's like, she's like, um, I don't think so. Oh my god! Uh, and that's so that's that. That's wow. that joke. Um, uh, so I haven't seen this movie in forever, but there is one great joke in it, and it's in Monster House. Uh, in Monster House, they go in uh, to the obvious uh, Monster House, and they're they're they see all these things that they consider are the body parts of the house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is the eyes, this is the mouth, so on and so forth. And then they see this little dangling thing and they're like, Oh, that must be the uvula. And one of the kids says, Oh, so that means it's a female house. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So they did the old uvula vulva, vulva. joke. Nice. So, Mulva. Yes. Mulva. Um, I didn't research. I'm pretty sure in one of the Toy Story movies, Mr. Potato Head says something about, I'm the only one who can take my wife's mouth. Yep. That's in the third one. It's the third one. Um, But I really just wanted to answer this question as an excuse to quote Friends again. All Um, right. Because there's an episode of Friends that has what, it may just be the way it struck me that day, but I think it's one of the dirtiest jokes a a network sitcom has ever gotten away with. Hmm. Because you think, Seinfeld dabbled in dirty subjects a lot, but almost never said dirty words. Um. And even their innuendo was like three times removed. Mm-hmm. You know, like the episode about masturbation. Yeah. Not only did they never say masturbation, <laughs> they never say a, a safe word for masturbation. Right. They go one level out further. I was alone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so there's this episode of 
friends uh, where Rachel, Rachel, Monica needs some money and she decides to play the stock market. Mm-hmm. And her arc on the show is that she gets super into it. So she's like, buy, sell, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> she gets obsessed with it too much. But there's a there's a point where she sells a bunch of stuff and she's all excited about it. And she <laughs> she says, <laughs> get out before they go down. That's my motto. And <laughs> Joey immediately goes, that is so not my motto. <laughs> and the first time, because I watched Friends when it aired originally. Uh, and then maybe I've seen some reruns here or there, but th- the reason I've gotten so into it the last three or four years is that I started showing it to my wife because she had never watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, for, first thing I did was make her watch Frasier and she fell in love with it. And now we watch Frasier all the time together. And the same thing has happened with Friends. But when I, when I saw this again as, a, as an older adult, I was like, I cannot believe they got away with that <laughs> joke. Like that is the kind of thing that I think in today's climate would get axed by the producers. Yeah, maybe so. Um, anyway, I just wanted an excuse to talk Friends again. <laughs> uh, mine is in Ratatouille. When Linguini is uh, is looking around the the pantry and looking around the restaurant and everything, and his boss Skinner comes in and he's like, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm just getting familiar with the vegetables. And Skinner's like, one can get too familiar with the vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, that's a that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's funny. Wow, isn't there something in um, up at Treasure Island where Miss Piggy's going through like all the like the pirates and Kermit's like ask like basically insinuating that Miss Piggy has slept with these famous pirates? <laughs> wow! And like and then like at the point at one point she goes Long John. Oh and, yeah, and, and 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 Kermit's like, oh no, not him too. <laughs> yeah, what's funny is that. The bigger, t- big, the bigger takeaway from that scene to me is just a better joke mm-hmm. because as she's rattling off the pipe and they all like get camera time to say hello <laughs> or would pop up and say, yo, here. That's, I think she's calling roll. Uh, oh. but she says, <laughs> old, old Tom. And he's like, hi. Really old Tom. And the next guy goes, oh, <laughs> dead Tom. <laughs> and there's like a skeleton guy that goes, hey, here. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to uh, Facebook presented by uh, Facebook presented by CinemaSins. We're rich, That's folks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're winkle <Winklevi. laughs> Uh Keep going to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook and telling us what you thought about this very here episode. Yeah, baby. And go to Reddit and go to SoundCloud and go to Twitter. There's a million places to come find us mm-hmm. and like tell us what you think man every uh, episode seems to come up with some new revelation that i did not know <laughs> yes and that's what's pretty amazing about all this social media stuff at that's the right end. Like, well and you have an opportunity to interact with each of the three of us on mm-hmm. various outlets if you go to soundcloud you're gonna you can get a reply that's coming from barrett mm-hmm. if you're over on the facebook syncast presented by cinema sense that's chris giving you a response and if you happen to be on twitter that's going to be me yeah mm-hmm. um so if you have specific people of the podcast like barrett you said this one thing why are you such a stupid douche <laughs> you can go to soundcloud <laughs> mm-hmm. to make sure he sees that yes yeah, exactly yes. so um anyway that'll do it for this week it's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Did Dicer use this microphone? Oh, yeah. Motherfucker. (laughs) I can tell. It's been adjusted for a taller person. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but... uh, as soon as Aaron walked in, I had this shit set up. As soon as Aaron walked in, computer locked up and couldn't do shit. Yeah, I saw something about that. Uh, that sucks. 
And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'll just close out of it, restart it, that kind of shit. It had to go, the computer had to go through a fucking Windows like, full update. update. <laughs> <laughs> and it, took, it took probably like 25 minutes from when it fucked up. And it's like, you come in, we're all three of us, we're recording right now. Everything yeah. is perfectly fucking fine, but like Modern Horrors or Aaron Dicer yeah. or somebody else walks in here and shit just explodes. We should stop having guests. We should stop having <laughs> Luckily, we don't have them very often. We should just stop having Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people were uh, upset about the push about what he said about the push oh i saw that thread on facebook yeah mm -hmm. there's and and a, a guy was on soundcloud too they left me like three like a series of three comments like mm -hmm. uh, this is what the dude is now to be fair i did watch some of the push mm -hmm. but i scrolled pretty much to the end like mm -hmm. i watched a little bit of the beginning you, you know what i'm talking about no in fact until this very moment i thought for sure you guys were talking about that uh dakota fan and chris evans superpower movie oh. well and, and when he brought it up last week I, I he said he said just push so i typed in push and it's like push that movie yeah and then there's like you know the push the based on the novel by sapphire, sapphire and then there's and, and then and there's uh and then I, I had to like actually go to google and start typing in netflix push all that and then so is this a new movie it's not a movie. It's, it's, a, a, it's essentially a documentary. It's this mentalist from England that specializes in like I'm already out. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He specializes in like making people do things that they wouldn't otherwise do. And for this one, it ultimately leads up to: Would you push somebody off the roof, like essentially murder somebody, if you were given the right contextual clues and like? subliminal messaging and stuff like that and you thought that there was a reason that you should do this and so uh aaron hadn't even seen it he just said you know this concept just is abhorrent to me and i i feel the same way and so i, I watched it and the end he spoiled aaron spoils it but um uh, the end shows that the main character we've been following uh does not push the person off and so they do a debrief the guy comes in he's like okay here's i'm gonna tell you what happened and you think, okay, this is this is great. And then it cuts to they've done this experiment three other times, and all three of those pushed him. And it shows them pushing. Obviously, he's got like a little tether. Does it show you what it. he does to convince them they need to do it? It does throughout the whole movie. I didn't watch the whole thing though. It's it's probably like an hour and a half or so, and I just watched a little bit of the beginning and a little bit of the end. I mean, it's all about it's all about choosing your subjects. Mm -hmm. Choose the right subject. You can almost guarantee you can convince them to do something because there are enough gullible, stupid people out there who believe people can talk to ghosts and shit. God, yeah. every time I see a commercial for that Hollywood medium or whatever that fucking <laughs> teenager's <laughs> show is called, yeah. and I don't know how he gets some of those people to go on there because there's legitimately people I thought were smart in Hollywood going on this show crying about what d their dead aunt said to this teenage fucker. Are there smart people on it? I saw Iggy Azalea was on it. Well, see, yeah, that, if that had been the episode I saw, I would, <laughs> I probably would have enjoyed it and laughed at it. But no, I forget who. It's like Sally Field or somebody. Somebody really? I respected went on there. My wife likes to watch that show. <laughs> she likes to watch a lot of shows I hate. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, first of all, this guy's a teenager. He looks he 12. Really? He looks 12. I'm sure he's probably 25. Wow. But the, 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 I, I believe there are people out there who have learned how to manipulate people. Into, mm -hmm. into believing things. Pushing somebody off a roof seems pretty extreme. Yeah. But it, it feels like hypnotism to me, right? Yeah. Like, I remember in in high school, one of our convocations was this hypnotist. God knows why they let this guy in the room. 
<laughs> and there was this big girl in our class. Sorry, she was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was one of the people he called up there. And he hypnotized her. And then he had this regular chair, just like a classroom chair. And he slid it across the stage and set it in front of her. And he had basically convinced her through hypnotism that it was too heavy. And she tried to move it and couldn't. Hmm. And then he would walk over and tap it and show us that it was easily moved. My mind was blown. Yeah. And then, you know, I find out years later, well, I can't be hypnotized. Somebody tried to hypnotize me and I was laughing at him. Mm. He was like, oh, it doesn't work if you're if you're too skeptical. I'm like, well, <laughs> that should tell you something. Through, I mean, I saw through this Facebook thread that they were comparing it to the Milgram experiment and all mm-hmm. that. So I guess it's sort of like that. Which was awful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was damn it. There's a reason that you can't do that well, shit anymore. Well, there was a movie made about it uh, a couple years ago, I think. That was the Stanford that was Prison. Stanford Prison. Prison. That was the Stanford that Prison. That was Philip Zimbardo. Oh, that was Stanford. equally uh, terrible. Right, right. Shit you can't do anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they've got institutional review boards that frown on social experimentation like and, that. And slap wrists. So the the Milgram was the shock, right? There's all the increased the the amount of shock and everything, mm-hmm. and, and the, they were told that somebody behind there, what was it? You you heard them. The the so the subject heard these screams from the other side of the wall, mm-hmm. where it's like, "Don't do this! Don't do this!" And the the uh, the professors or whatever are saying, "It's fine. It's it's non lethal or anything. I just need you to do this." And you know, a lot of them did, even mm-hmm. though they heard these screams from the next yeah. room. Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so Fucked no, up. I can't. I I don't know everything about this Darren Brown, uh, and I'm sure he's a good entertainer. People like him, but that I'm I'm not on board with that shit. It's crazy. You walk through like a Barnes and Noble. I was doing this the other day. That's why it comes to mind. And you see uh, like thousands of books that were number one New York Times bestseller list that you've never heard of. Yeah. It's fucking crazy how many <laughs> yeah. books are bestsellers. All of them are well, John Grisham. It makes you wonder also what <laughs> constitutes a number one or what they can get away with by saying a number well, one. Well, when I was releasing my book mm-hmm. and stupidly had it in my head. Because we'd done pre-orders, maybe I'll crack the bestseller list. By the way, The Ables, written by Jeremy Scott. That's there right. I've seen a lot um, of Twitter love for The Ables yeah. recently. I know. I'm trying I'm trying to figure out where that's coming from. Mm. It's a little weird. I'm okay with it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it obviously varies because it's, it's you know, how many books were sold this week. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a number one. And one week it might sell 50,000. But it, on average, the number one book, you only have to sell like ten to 12,000 yeah, I, I'm wondering if it's kind of like what the food industry has done with a lot of stuff, where it's like, contains real fruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is all the all the bullshit, like uh, hand-dipped milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Fuck off, man. I don't care if you used your hand or a robot yeah. dipped it. Is the ice cream real? Right. That's all I care about. Look at you. Yeah, one take. Season pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call, I call him one take Joe. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I couldn't get this is recorded live in front of an internet audience and three fucking tries. (laughs) Kind of gives you a new appreciation for uh, William Hurt in broadcast news Mm -hmm. and that scene where she's barking in his ear. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's speaking and he's changing some of what she says, rewording it. But he's also behind her by like five seconds this is, you Always. were in my ear it was like great sex it was <laughs> <laughs> balls 